Welcome to Game Face episode 107, the brand new rev of Game Face. Shane had a burning desire to prove that we do wear pants on the show. <laughs> so People have been asking are. for a long time, and yeah, in fact, we do wear pants while we're doing the show. Uh, some pretty big changes are coming to Game Face. Uh, you're going to see pretty much all of them here in this, in this first episode 107. Uh, I'm not going to ruin all the surprises for you guys. I want to kind of unveil some of the stuff we're going to do as the show goes on. He doesn't tell me either. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to say right off the top, uh, I'm, I'm sorry I was away for a bit. I'm sorry we didn't do an episode last week. Um, I was away. I was back in Philadelphia for four or five days. One of my very closest friends, in fact, one of the groomsmen in my wedding, uh, had a heart attack and died at 43. Uh, he's one of the be one of the best friends in our circle of friends from Philadelphia. He has a wife and a, two kids, nine and eleven. Um, he was one of my best friends, and he just had a massive heart attack and died. Um, so I had to go back for the funeral. Um, it wasn't really a choice. It's something that I had to do. I'm actually just as good friends with his wife as I am with him. I knew her before I knew him, um, and so I had to go back. And uh, I paid the price a bit. We paid the price a bit. We lost some patrons and we lost some money on Patreon. But that's the way the cookie crumbles, man. Sometimes you got to do the right things in life. And the right thing for me was to go back and support my friends and my friends' family. So I want to apologize. Things are back into full gear on Sifted. Uh, man, tons of freaking great games. Since I've got back, all I have done is play video games, Matt. It's this yeah, week. I, don't, I don't even know what you're doing watching this today, <laughs> really. I mean, man, like, I hope you're playing something else while you're listening, because there's way too much to do. There is. It's, and a, it's a big Friday. It is, and this is a great show, man. We have a ton of awesome games. I'll run them down for you really quickly. We're going to talk about Wolfenstein 2. We're going to talk about Assassin's Creed's Origins. We're going to talk about South Park, The Fractured Butthole. We're going to talk about Super Mario Odyssey. This is, hands down, going to be one of the best episodes of Game Face all year. Uh, and they're probably just going to keep getting better as the year goes on. So uh, here we go, man. We are in the prime, prime re release time for games. And it's just going to be an awesome year from here on out. And we're going to be here to celebrate it with you. So welcome to the new Game Face. Hope you guys like it. I think, Matt, we've done a better job with the space that we have. Yeah, I, th I think it's uh, using it more... more more smarter. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of insight you pay for here on sifted.net. Yeah. More smarter spacer usage. Yeah. Well, I wanted to use the space better. And people, you'll see eventually why we've changed some things because we're going to do some stuff differently from how we've done it in the past. But I also just wanted to make the show a little more casual. It was mm -hmm. kind of sterile with us just kind of sitting there with the desk and everything. And I wanted the show to have a little bit more personality. So, uh... Well, boy, did you get the guys for that. Yep. <laughs> so I hope you guys like the changes. I hope you guys like the new show. Uh, we, I've put a ton of work into it, and it's been a scramble because I was supposed to have those four or five days where I was back in Philadelphia to get ready for this, and I didn't. So it has been insane. I've been here all day setting this up. So I hope you guys like it. Here we go with our first topic. And that is Wolfenstein 2. Matt, how much time have you had with this? Um, like three hours. Like, not a, not a ton. I've gotten through the opening stuff and uh, just, like, I'm, like, halfway through the first mission on American soil. Okay. Uh, in New York. It, I have to say, 
This is one of the most brutal games I have ever played. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, the first game was dark and violent, but this one's like doubling down on it, and and it's it's vicious, really. It I is mean, vicious. I uh, I streamed a little bit of it the other day, um, the first like ninety mm. minutes of the game or whatever, and I don't know if some some people may have watched the hangout or maybe some of you didn't, but there is a cutscene in the first like forty minutes of it that is just so freaking burly, man. Like, I assume the flashback you're talking about. Well, the scene with the big cyborg. Um, was I can't remember if it was a flashback or not. No, I wouldn't. The cyborg would have been. My, you, you mean like on with when the, when the could, axe? Well, yeah. Okay. See, I thought you were talking about the flashback to his dad. No, that was brutal too. Yeah. But the scene with the axe, man, I literally had to like look away from the screen like three different times. Then there was another part where they ask you to shoot a dog. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't ask. The, your your crazy racist father insists on it, basically. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's you basically learn that B.J. Blazkowicz is uh, is the hero he is because his father was not one. Right. Yeah. Like, he's the opposite of of his dad. I refuse to shoot the dog, by the way, and. Realized that the game was not going to move forward unless I did shoot right. the dog. Well, I I aimed away from him as much so as I could I... and shot, and then like you you got flipped back and like the you, you hear like the, your father yells at you like you can't even do that right kind of thing. Yeah, then he finishes yeah. the dog off. I did the same thing. I and actually... that's like the first ten minutes of the game. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just <laughs> like oh, okay, here we go. I actually closed my eyes when I pulled the trigger of the shotgun. I didn't. I mean, I'm not a. Certainly not a violence animals person, but uh, it was kind of a shitty dog model. Yeah, <laughs> like I didn't mind that much. It was, it was it was like it was like the dog was a different resolution than the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, that was, maybe that was just my computer. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, and then the scene with the axe. I mean, that is that one was like that early. I mean, the violence level of the of the axe movement is about what I expected, but the aftermath of it is, is uh, I mean, they want you to hate this villain, and they're doing a good, do, I mean, she's, it's the same villain from the, the majority of the first game, yeah. back again, and uh, yeah, she's a, she's a terrible, even for a Nazi, she is she's a, a terrible, terrible person. person. Like, I, you're already starting at negative 100 yeah. here, but like, <laughs> she just is pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And that's what I said on the stream, was... A lot of games fail to make you hate the enemy mm. or the antagonist, and no problems here. I hated him right from the hated her right from the the get go, and uh, now that I've played six or seven hours of the game, that hasn't gone away at all. Uh, one thing I would say though is I think if people watched the hangout or were on the stream for that, the game isn't as cinematic as it makes mm -hmm. itself out to be at the beginning. Yeah, once you once you get set loose in New York, it really sort of lets you lets you run a little more. Yeah, and there's more sections where you can sneak through, you can go through guns blazing. Like, there's a lot more freedom and and openness to it than like the because early on, I mean, the first first level is basically you're on the you're on the the, the U boat uh, in a wheelchair. Yeah, and then and you, you play in a wheelchair. Yeah. Uh, and then you end up in uh, in like the the helicarrier thing they ha that the yeah. Nazis have, and then like, it's just it's it's a much more folded in experience. It's kind of training you how to play some of the basic elements of the game, and then once you get to America, it seems to open up a lot more. 
uh, it, or at least it, it feels more like the first game is sort of like kind of you're still going through a, a linear path, but there's there's more choice involved. I mean, I think there's a lot of choice in the level design in general. Mm-hmm. Um, there's never really just kind of that Call of Duty cattle shoot design. No. There's always kind of branching paths on the outside. It does ultimately take you to the same place. Yeah. And it's not and like you don't care it's about not collect- an open world game. No, but if you don't care about collectibles or like. You know, like killing everyone in the room. There are ways to just get around stuff, and you know, if you want to s- go full sneaky, uh, it supports that. It does. Uh, although it doesn't make it easy because uh, the enemies the enemies are not predictable in this game. They they start in the same place. It looks like if you like reload a save or whatever, but uh, what they're gonna do is very up in the air, which makes it uh, more difficult, but also more like believable. Yeah, I mean, I uh, in, on the stream I had to replay one section of the game several times over. And every time. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, sometimes one enemy would do the same thing, and you would go, oh, okay, oh, this, it's the same as last time. This here you can see, this is the, uh, the, the scientist's uh, pet cat, took, his, took his pet cat's head and grafted it onto a monkey. Yeah. Because the cat had cancer. Right. And, like, it's an incredibly strange, <laughs> like, th- thing they've created here. But, like, like, as someone who, like, lost a cat to cancer this year, like, part of me is, like... I'm, I like this guy. I would do like, that. I'm, I'm down with this dude. <laughs> and a great thing is, like, this is also, like, really clumsy for shadowing because, like, when you hear this... Because BJ has a, is basically... His body is screwed up from all the damage it took in the first game. Right. And when you leave this scene, you turn around and there's, like, a, there's like a muscular, headless body bubbling in a, in a clone tank thing. Yep. I'm like, oh, I think I see where we're going. Yeah, yeah, this. exactly. Well, the do- yeah, the, it is foreshadowing. Because yeah. you can tell that... Because he can't walk... Right, without, without his the suit. power armor. Without thing. the power yeah, armor, he's got like, yeah. this super future power armor that the, that this guy's this guy's secret society has basically he, the secret society invented it in the 1800s or something. Right. Uh, so the, the, the technology is a lot much more advanced in this uh, in this world. I love the tech in this game though because yeah. it's kind of this crude like. 1940s, 1950s. Yeah, it's it's uh, almost a borderline steampunk. Well, stuff. yeah, it's generally called diesel punk. Okay, um, that makes sense. In fact, there are actually enemies in the game that are referred to as diesel powered. Gotcha. That you can you can mess with them. Like if you sneak up, instead of auto killing them, you can pull the tubes out of their out of their stuff and it'll leak fuel, and you can set the fuel on fire. Like they leave a trail. Basically, you can set it on fire and blow them up when they reach other enemies, and like. Like set up ambush, like, like basically traps that way. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of fun stuff you can do with with that. And uh, the game is challenging. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I I think there and are many like, many difficulty levels. There are like seven. Yeah, difficulty six, six or seven. One I'm, of them, one of them, that, which is not, it has to be unlocked. I think it'd be the yeah. top one, which is actually named Mein Lieben, right? Which is my favorite thing the Nazis would scream when they die in the original right. Wolfenstein <laughs> right, 3D. Yeah. Mein Lieben, Mein Lieben. <laughs> and there is actually a, a a version of that in this game. Uh, there's an arcade game in the in the cantina in the, in the U-boat that they use as a as a base, and you can play Castle Wolfenstone, <laughs> which is like. The Nazis won the war 1960s version of Castle Wolfenstein, of Wolfenstein 3D, except everything is like you. Like, BJ, BJ is the Hitler in that game, and you are playing against, against like, evil, evil U.S. GIs, but they're still, speak, <laughs> they're still speaking German because it was made in Germany, I guess. But, uh, so, so that's kind of fun that that's in there. And, and BJ even comments, I'm like, wow, the graphics are amazing. It's like, you're really there. It's like... <laughs> There's a lot of really clever stuff in this game. I, it is. There, there is. And I, I played on the default difficulty setting that was there whenever mm. I booted it up. It's like the second of seven. Yeah, I'm on... 
I don't, it's not. I think it's Bring It On. I think that's normal. I don't remember the name of it at all. There's, 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 uh, like, Don't Hurt Me, Can I Play Daddy, Bring It On, and something else. And I think I'm on Bring It On or whatever, something else. So you're playing on way harder than I am. I think one above where you are. I mean, even on my difficulty setting, you die after just a couple shots. Yeah, you, you also like early on in the game because you're in the, the, the damaged body, your, your health max is at 50. Yep. You can overcharge it above that, like in the first game, you can go over 100. And then it like, counts down. Yeah, and it counts, it counts back down to 50. Um, so you actually are working with less life than 100%. So yeah, early on in the game, you are actually more vulnerable. And the, the armor you can get up to, depending on where your health is, you can get higher armor levels. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're under, if you're 10 or under, your armor can go up to like 200 or something 200 like that. 200 is the max armor. Yeah, I beginning. think that's what I've discerned from, from my time playing it. Um, so there, it's, there's not a lot of health, so you get shot a couple times, you, you go down. You go down. Yeah. The checkpoints it are pretty It will regenerate generous. up to back to up 10. to... up to No, I, it, it does it in like increments. Right. So like it's It'll like increments go up of 10 or a something. max of 9, I guess, from yeah. where it starts. So if you drop below 40... Your new maximum is 40, 40 until you get another health pack. Yeah, and if you're at 42, it'll go up to 50, so right. to speak. So it is kind of an interesting system. It's mm -hmm. I haven't played a game in a long time where you pick up health, pick up armor pieces. Mm -hmm. In that way, it's kind of a little bit of a throwback. Yeah, but it does auto-pick up some of it Some if you walk over it, but the first game did not do that. You had to pick everything up. I yeah. Because I just replayed the first like half of the first game last week or the week before to kind of prepare for this. And this one also keeps the upgrade system from the first game, which I really liked, which is uh, instead of like gathering points or XP or something, each ability basically you have to com you have to do an action over and over, and like whatever that action is will usually be related to what the upgrade is. So um, getting headshots, uh, if you get early on, you get ten headshots, you get a percentage bonus to the amount of damage you do when you're looking down the sights. Yeah. Uh, stealth stealth kills. You get a certain number of stealth kills. You move faster when you're crouching. That kind of thing. And so it's more like it's rewarding you and for upgrading how you, like you for play. how you like to play. Yeah, and I, really, I, I love really that like whole that. concept. And the other nice thing about it, and this is true in the first game as well, uh, if you die after doing something, uh, one of the target actions, you keep that target action. Yep. You do not. You're with, right. Which does also mean you can just reload autosaves and scum it. But like, if you want to do that, you want to do that. It's a single player game. Who cares? Do it how you want to do it. And that's what I want to say. It's a great single-player game. Right. Well, I mean, for all the, the screaming about, you know, it's like, oh, single-player games are dead or dead or dead. Three amazing single-player games came out today. <laughs> I know. It's and in funny. fact, Machine the Games irony. said they refused to add multiplayer to this game. Yeah, because, their because, reasoning, I thought, was kind of garbage, but... I think they're only so big. Uh, and, right. And instead of them just saying, well, we're only so big, yeah. they try to say, oh, well, take away from the experience or whatever. That's well, I mean, total baloney. Te technically, they're not wrong, but not for the, maybe the reasons you might, they might want you to think, I guess. Yeah, uh, but whatever. I mean, I am really, really having a good time with this game. It is hard. I've died a ton of times. Um, it teaches you to really learn how to play it, though, mm -hmm. but you also have choice in how you play it. Um, I have not really tried to stealth too much. There are some sections of the game where it kind of forces it on you because you really can't get through it. Because what yeah. it does, the game has... There's places where it's smarter to do that, that's for sure. Right. Because the game has kernels. And basically what happens is when you get near a kernel, an icon will, sh will pop up showing you how far away he is. And if you're detected, the kernel will go and throw an alarm. And then the, you just get flooded with enemies. And they keep coming until you finally kill mm. that kernel. Um, and so, in some ways, like, some of the kernels are set up so that you can't actually shoot them without using stealth. But some of them are set up so that you pretty much have to use stealth to get to them. 
Because uh, if you try to go in guns blazing, there's like 40 guys. Yeah. And, and they, so are kind of, they will kind of instantly know. Like one guy yells and suddenly they, you, if someone sees you and goes, whoa, and you kill them, it won't spread. But yeah. if someone manages to yell or shoot, everybody will be like, yeah, you'll see the little red thing on the little like, current, like commandant indicator like spread. And uh, there is an, an ability um, that delays that. Uh, I believe it's um, every time you kill one of the commandants, he drops uh, an Enigma code fragment. And there's, one of the upgrades is the more of those you get, the more time you have before uh, the alarm gets set off. But like, it's the increments it goes up in as you level up is 0.2 seconds. Yeah, yeah. So like, your maximum like bonus time, I think, if you fully max it out, you have one more second to do it in. And that is one criticism I would kind of level at the game in general is that. I didn't really feel a lot of the upgrades all that much. Because mm-hmm. you can also find pickups that give you upgrades. You can find upgrades for the weapons, yeah. Yeah. And some of the upgrades for the weapons are great, like the silencer on the pistol or the doubling of the uh, ammo battery for the laser gun that melts walls and people. Yeah. Uh, the armor so, penetration is what I chose for like my main assault rifle. And some of them are... But I didn't really uh, see hardly any difference in it at all. Maybe it's because the enemies are scaling and the enemies are becoming more challenging and they have better mm-hmm. armor. But I, you know, one of the first upgrades I did was armor piercing, and I really couldn't tell the difference. The enemies do take a good amount of bullets to go down. Yeah, if you're I wouldn't call center, them sponges. But no, if you're, I mean, headshots will drop them. But yeah, if you're hitting center mass, there's a good chance that because you got to plink off a bunch of armor first a lot of times. Yeah. And the nice thing is, it's a very lot of satisfying that, to do that. Yeah. Well, the but, nice thing is a lot of that armor will you can pick up and use as armor for yeah, yourself. Yeah. So, so there's there's a reason to do it, but. Uh, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot there's a lot going on here, and uh, and it's other also fun. Like if you if you have a uh, silenced weapon, you can plink the armor off a guy's back, and he'll be like, "What was that?" Yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess it was nothing. It's like, no, I think you should probably look harder on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a ton of fun with this game. Uh, you know, it's kind of our job to tell people whether they should buy it or not, though. Mm-hmm. And I got a free code. Um, would you recommend someone buy this at sixty dollars? Um, I mean, if, if if you're looking at this and it appeals to you, yeah. I mean, it's 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 about the most fun you'll have doing a man shooter uh, this year. It's, that's not multiplayer, I would think. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing I would say, too, is we were kind of talking about how gratuitous, gratuitous it is. It's not... It's not ugly gratuitous. No, it's... It's trying to build a tone, and it and it does it. Yeah, it does it, I, definitely. I think, I think it's... It knows what it's trying to do and trying to be, and I think, so far at least, it's getting there. And it doesn't feel like it's trying to just like be like, hey, check it out, and it's cool. It's like, no, you're supposed to feel like this stuff is terrible, and that's supposed to motivate you to, you know, get on the side of the heroes and you know, get revenge, get revenge, and get out there and 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 kill these guys. Yeah, I can't remember as, a game as BJ himself says, you can do a lot with a hatchet and a Nazi. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he says when you pick up the hatchet yeah. for the first time. And indeed, there's a lot of like like. I mean, maybe it's the power armor, but, like, I mean, he's cutting people's legs off while they're standing there in one swipe. I mean, this man is very strong. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of uh, disembodiment, so to speak, in this game. A lot of limbs flying all over the place. And maybe before we move on, we should talk about the visuals a little bit. Obviously, everyone's getting to see what it looks like. Uh, They've just watched about 20 minutes of gameplay of it. But what are your impressions of the visuals in this game? I think it looks good. Um... Like, it's not, like, mind-bogglingly. I mean, I'm playing it on uh, some high, some ultra on my PC. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's some of the shaders are more advanced than others, and it's, you know, it's not... Uh, it chugs a bit if I use the wrong settings. Um, I feel like the ultra settings on this are kind of future-proofed a little bit. It'd be kind of like, like putting super sampling on on The Witcher 2 
Whereas, like, you know, it's for, to keep it looking good later. But I think it looks good. It looks better than the first one. Yeah, oh, for um, sure. And uh, there's a lot of detail on the character models and their costumes and armor. And, and uh, like, you can see here, the, the environments are very cluttered and very, very detailed. And, very detailed yeah. and, like, there's not, like, an obvious path. I've gotten lost a couple times. So have I. Even in a linear game like this, I got lost. I mean, you look at all the detail in this mangled environment here. Yeah. There aren't a lot of games that do this. And there are certain parts, too, where the, the, the environment shifts. So you don't kind of know which end is up for, mm -hmm. like, brief moments. Um, there's, there's really no garbage in this game, no. like quick time stuff events. Stuff can happen. Like, stuff can come out of the ground. Stuff can drop out of nowhere. I mean, there's, there, you're never totally safe. I never feel safe in this yeah. game, ever. And I like that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I could grind through this game and play the whole thing in, like, <laughs> a day or, like, one or two settings. I feel like I've enjoyed it playing it like three or four hours mm -hmm. here and there. And I also enjoy that, um, and this is a continuation from the first game, but like they really turn BJ into kind of like a, a kind, introspective man. Yeah. In this. Like, like, it, like he's, he's constantly whispering to himself like deep truths and stuff. Yeah, he's a little is, less meathead-y in this one. Yeah. Um, I don't a, know if I like it or not, though. Yeah, he's not... Some the, of the stuff that he mutters, he's basically... I'm not going to spoil who he's muttering mm -hmm. it to, but... Well, he, he, he's he's a very in a very fatalistic place in the beginning of this game. I'm wondering yeah. how far that's going to go. Yeah, because clearly there's more to. I, I feel like there's a lot more to this. Because I was it this? Yeah, I, I played through. Uh, I didn't get to New York yet uh, last night, but I played through to the end of like the level before that, uh -huh. and I saved and I quit and I looked at my save file and it said I was two percent complete. It's so, a big uh, game. It's, there's, there's meat here. There's meat on this bone. Yeah, I mean, reviews have said it's like 15 to 18 hours mm -hmm. or something like that, which for a single-player campaign a single and a first-person shooter, that's like unheard of. Oh, yeah. I mean, Titanfall 2's was really good, too, but it was like, what, three, four hours? Yeah. So. I mean, that's. I mean, generally, the average is probably like six hours for a yeah. first-person shooter, and this is more than double that. So, I don't know. When I think about whether people should buy this or not, I think... A certain type of player should buy it. Yeah, I mean, look if you if you lament the kind of the, the vanishing single player game, uh, this is something to support, I would say, because it's yeah, it's a full price game, but it's a it's a full length fifteen hour experience. Uh, there's no loot box stuff. There's no microtransaction stuff. There's a, yeah. there's a season pass, but like there's you're, you get the full story here. That's a separate thing, I think. Um, there's a lot of meat on it. There's a lot of stuff to do. There's there's replay value, I think, in the various difficulty levels and the intelligence of the AI. Um, like if that to me is kind of its best selling point as far as replayability. Yeah, is that the enemies never do the same thing yeah. twice? Like I will definitely play this again on a harder difficulty. I think maybe not immediately, but I yeah, think, I don't think I'm going to have time for the next couple yeah, months. But I but think but like sometime next year I will boot this up again. Yeah, I think if you're a fan of old school shooters, if you really like Doom, yeah. This is kind of a very similar game. The game, by the way, is fast as very crap. Very fast, yeah. I mean, not just the fact that the frame rate is blazing, which it is, mm -hmm. but you're just your movement speed yeah. is really, really yeah, cause fast. Yeah, because the the power armor gives you like some. I mean, you can cover a lot of distance fast. Like basically, like if you see a guy a hundred yards away, you can probably sprint to him and melee kill him before he can get his gun up. No, you're right. Like, I you, like that about it too. It makes yeah. you make tough decisions at, at points. And mm. sometimes I, I get him, and sometimes he gets me. Yeah. And sometimes while you're going to get him, somebody else sees you. Yeah. Or the guy around the corner it, you didn't see before is just emptying a gun into you while you're doing your, your melee kill. And one thing I would say about this campaign, well, that's all it's got, but is that I do get shot by enemies I've never seen. Mm. Which, in most first, modern first-person shooters, that never happens. Because you always know the direction enemies are coming right. from. 
And I get outflanked in this all the time. I'm concentrating on a couple guys behind a pole. Next thing I know, some guy comes up from behind me and shoots me in the head. Yeah, they move around you pretty effectively. Like, I get, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like early Halo kind yeah, of Yeah, it is a little bit stuff, like that. Where, it's yeah. like, where like, they're trying to get around you. They're trying to figure out how to, like, you know, subvert what you're doing that, that stops them from getting a clear shot of you. They yell at each other. They do, yeah. About, like, get out of my way, you're in my shot kind of thing. And, like, they are. That's the thing. It's, like, it's not just banter. You look and, like, yeah, he, that guy ran in front of the other guy. Yeah, like, it's, and you it's can't good. shoot through them either. Those right. bodies are really there. So there's, like, some instances where I kill somebody, he lays down, and then someone's going up the stairs. I'm trying to shoot yeah. him, and there's a body there, and the body is absorbing the bullets. So there's lots of little touches in this game that you normally don't get in, in these types of shooters. You can tell a lot of love and care. Mm -hmm. uh, went into his development, and a lot of thought went into it. Um, I still would have a hard time telling just anyone to buy it. I do think it's kind of for a, a specific player. Yeah, but I do think if you if you look at this and you like what you see and you think it looks interesting, it, it is what it is. It, it, it is go what buy it says. It. Go buy it. It is yeah. what it says. Like, like you are, you, there is no deceit in this in this game's marketing. Basically, it is. You are going to brutally murder Nazis in, <laughs> in a in a in a hard, in very creative way, yeah, very creative ways in a hard fought diesel punk campaign to take back the U.S. of A. Yeah, and uh, and it uh, it gets you going like it's it's a it's an adrenaline game. I, I I enjoy it. And it's not just even the heart pumping. You have to think a little bit yeah. and kind of think about each scenario. And because the enemies aren't doing the same thing every mm -hmm. time, you can't just rely on trial and error yeah. and just memorizing a pattern. Yeah, dual wielding is not going to get you through all of this. Yeah, you're, like you're, on the stream, people were like, dual wield, dual wield. Mm -hmm. And like I did it for a while, and I realized I was actually kind of at a disadvantage a little bit because mm -hmm. I couldn't be quite as accurate. And yeah, dual wielding is a better close quarters. Uh, it works well thing. against the heavies, yeah. essentially. Right, right. But and yeah, if you um, and I do it a lot because there's you know there's a perk you get for killing a certain number of them for that, yeah. and, and it gives you more ammo. You can carry more ammo as you kill. Like, I think it's like which you're gonna need if I, you dual wield. Yeah, which of course. But like I just like having more ammo. Yeah. Um. So I'm dual wielding a lot early on to try to get that perk leveled up, and uh, and I like. The, I mean, I love that perk system because it gives me a reason to play a certain way that I might not otherwise, because the, the reward is worth it. I just like any game that rewards you for playing the game the way you want to play it. Yeah. That's a huge deal to me. Like, I hate games that are, like, forcing you to stealth something. Uh -huh. It's like, now, you know, you run out of points here, now you need to start putting your points in stealth or what. I don't like stealth. Like, a game shouldn't tell me how to play it. The, the game should mold to the way, the style of uh -huh. play that I like, and that's what this game does. So... Yeah. It's great. I mean, the game is really great. And I am into these kind of shooters. I'm an old school mm -hmm. guy. I've been playing games for a long time. I like shooters like this. So I'm having a blast with it. I really like it. Uh, again, I think a good analogy is Doom. I think if you bought yeah. Last the latest Doom, Doom, Doom good, good and comparison. you really like that, I think you're going to like this. Whereas Doom was gory and demonic, this is gory and vaguely historic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, historic in the way that, like, I don't know... The prestige is historic. You right. Know, there's, there's some <laughs> Tesla shit going on here. Um, as you can see with the electric weapon that uh, disintegrates people. Yeah, and doors. And, and doors. Certain, certain marked walls and doors you can disintegrate with your, your uh, laser kruts or something like yeah, that. I don't yeah. remember what it's called. Not a lot of puzzle solving in this. No, there's, you're not finding a lot of keys nope. or, uh, or uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Just mostly finding your way is is, kind is of the, challenge. the challenge, and then making sure you kill all the enemies before they kill you. That's kind of where the challenge is. Yeah, so, so yeah, so especially if you alert somebody and suddenly you're just gonna get waves of guys pouring in. At the same time, waves of guys pouring in can be an opportunity to build your perks. So true. depends how you want to approach it. But this is all. One thing I'll say before we move on is, 
Most shooters, what you can do is you can kind of run out into the environment, get everybody chasing you, and then run to a narrow hallway, mm-hmm. and then just hunker down and mow them down as they come into the doorway. That doesn't happen in this game. No, they're like, not, they they're not even, dumb enough to follow you. Like they that. won't even come into the hallway. They'll all, they'll sit and like hold cover, mm-hmm. and you're like waiting for them to pop out. And next thing you know, some dude comes from the side and like shoots you in the head and kills you. Like it's completely unpredictable, yeah. and I love and the that very part. first level. There's uh, like you can activate these like like Tesla style traps that will zap people that go through them, and they'll see a guy run through, and the guy behind him will be like, wait a minute, like yeah. he, won't, he won't do it, and he'll try to find a way around. Yeah. And sometimes, Very rewarding watching enemies yeah. get killed by those traps, I might add. Yeah, Is that, especially um, when you first run into that scientist guy, with the set, you run into him in his room where he's zapping guys, yeah. and while he's talking to you, he turns on the trap um, to, you know, to stop the Nazis from coming in. Make sure you watch yeah. out the window while that's because ha- like four groups of Nazis come through and like it's hilarious. It's, like the yeah. various reactions to them like figuring out what's happening but still screwing up is great. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. There's a lot of like you said. There's a lot of care taken into almost every shot, every in, little of part game. of it. Yeah, I uh, and it is kind of one of those games where you get to learn every section of it. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of games, you just kind of run through them. Like, Call of Duty's like that. Like, after I play a Call of Duty game, I maybe have, like, five or six really vivid memories of areas that I was in. After you play an area of this game, you know that area. Mm-hmm. You pretty much know all the cubbies. You know the little places where you can go through, like, a duct work and get into another room. Like, you really learn it, and it forces you to learn the environment, and I, I like it. So, good stuff, people. I give a thumbs up for Wolfenstein 2, but again, I don't think it's exactly for everyone. And if you're squeamish... Don't even think about it. This is the last game that you want to play. Yeah, it's a, it's a violent game. It is probably the most violent game of 2017 so far. Mm. I can't think I'm of not, one. I'm not coming up with anything else, so yeah. There may be some little indie game out there that all it is is about violence. But this definitely, as far as big budget games are concerned, this is the most over-the-top, most gory and violent game yeah. of 2017. I mean, there's like there's a lot of, you know, like intensity and violence and like Hellblade but like yeah. there's not as much dismemberment yeah <laughs> and you know and there's no game in this year either where I hate the enemies as much as I hate the enemies yeah. in this one. they're easy to dislike they're not the, just even just because they're Nazis right well that's the nice thing about it is well not one of it's nice but like um <laughs> They, machine games did not simply rest on the fact that, oh, they're Nazis, so that's, like, that's enough. enough. Yeah. They're like, no, we need, you know, kind of like the Red... <laughs> like, it was like a Red Skull kind of thing in Captain America. It's like, we need a Nazi who's the worst Nazi. Yeah. And uh, I think they're getting there. I, yeah, I think they, they nailed yeah. it. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Fire Emblem Warriors. I've been sitting on this code for a couple weeks. It came in right before I had to go back home for the funeral. Um and uh, unfortunately, I did take my Switch with me on the trip, but I just wasn't in the mood to play. So I got back, uh, downloaded it, and started giving it a go. Matt, how much time have you spent with this game at this point? Um, I'm on, like, chapter 12 or 13 okay. of my career, so probably a few, couple, few hours. Yeah. Um, I mean, two or three chapters is probably enough to, to have a handle <laughs> on what's happening, really. It definitely is. Um, it is very much... I mean, obviously, it's a Warriors game, so blah, blah, blah. But it's uh, very much in the mold of Hyrule Warriors, I think. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a little more happening on the battlefield. There's a little more character work going on. Uh, I do really like... The, there's nods to Fire Emblem, like in how Fire Emblem plays. Some of it is annoying, like the way everybody levels up in the middle of the battle. There's a more streamlined mode you can pick that does not interrupt things like that, but I don't do that because I like to know where my guys are and what they're doing. Well, the one thing I would say is when you start the game, it does give you a lot of options to kind of shape how you yeah. want to play it. 
but it doesn't explain what they mean. So you're sort of like, I, I guess I want to do that. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I wished I had turned off like all the tips and the tutorial stuff. Yeah, that gets a little oppressive. Yeah, at first, at first, it's really annoying because they are just popping up constantly and kind of stopping the action. And with this game, like maybe maybe Nintendo is counting on kids playing this game. All, well, I mean, most it's, Nintendo exclusives kind of have that thing where, like, you have to teach someone to play like they've never picked the controller up before. Yeah. Um, it's a really heavy-handed in this one, though. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I, I just sort of... It's, it's Hyrule Warriors is like that, too. I just sort of power through it. I do like that um, there's a little more emphasis on strategy in this. There's a little more emphasis on taking, pl- taking locations... Uh, you can switch between characters whenever you want, which kind of like brings in the team. Sometimes, sometimes it you just it gives, have you, to it gives go you a along. certain number of char- certain characters. Once things are going like right now, most of my missions I have like four characters I can swap between. Uh, you can team up with those characters and like kind of keep them as like sort of a, a sort of a, a tag partner yeah. uh, of, of sorts. Um, so it, it feel like it still feels like Fire Emblem in some ways. Like there's still an element to that that I think is pretty good. Um, Controls are very simple. Yeah. Light attack, heavy attack. Yeah, basically. Roll, and then you have your ultimate. Right. And then you can tap, uh, you know, the combos are very simple, just like Dynasty Warriors. It's just, you know, light, 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 and you can drop into the other attack form and get a combo or a finisher out of it, usually. Um, you can upgrade You can upgrade all, all of them to like, get a couple more hits out of, out of your combo chains. Uh, the end of the hard combo chains tends to be things that just take down... You know, I even normal combos like that one you just saw. Like I've killed a hundred people with that combo. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it just the num the, the the kill numbers go up like crazy. It should there's a, it should give you a, a clue in that um uh there's a there's a character named Anna who st- opens a store a pop up store in every level that you can you can go get like a piece of basically it's a piece of like a a tile puzzle like from the the DS like puzzle swap thing yeah, the, 3DS, the me thing yeah. and um. Her her trigger to pop up is a thousand kills, yeah. which happens like that very quickly. I mean, there's yeah. no question. Um, so yeah, I mean, and there's that like you saw there. There's that little like circular like meter there. That's the stun meter. So if you get an opening on a guy, and then you, they, he gets that meter, and then if you hack it down to nothing, you basically do an auto like super combo thing on him. Um, I don't know if that was in previous games, like previous Warriors games, or not, but. Uh, it's a fun little mechanic that has a little bit of a little bit of a, I guess it's not really strategy, but like it it it, it ties in with the the weapon triangle that Fire Emblem is based on, with the yeah. axes beat axes and swords and spears. So spears beat beat swords, swords beat axes, axes beat spears. So you are actually at a disadvantage if you have a sword character and you go up against a spear character. Not that much yeah. because I mean if you're if you're up against a named Fire Emblem character maybe. But if you're up against, like, a captain or something, and he has a, a spear and you have a sword, uh, you're still going to win. Like, you, the, the heroes in this game are obscenely overpowered. The game, here's my, I have a lot of issues with this game, but the biggest one is it is just too damn easy. It's very easy. I feel like I can play this game with my butt, and, like, <laughs> seriously, like, I even thought about, like, doing that demo here on the show, and, like, literally playing it with my butt and finishing a level. It is so easy. Well, I don't think my health has ever dropped below two-thirds full. And they're just constantly giving you health. Right. And I don't think I've ever used a health vial. Nope. Like, it's way too simple. And maybe, I don't know, I'm about five hours into it, and I just don't feel like I've really had a challenge at all. No. I mean, I'm I'm probably about, I mean, chapter 12, chapter 13, it's the same thing. And, of course, um, 
you know, I've just gotten through the section where you basically split your forces in two, and one side meets the uh, Hoshiden uh, army from Fire Emblem uh, Fates, and the other meets the Nor Empire from Fire Emblem Fates, and then you come back together at the end. Um, but it's all the same. It's the exact. It's the Marvel crossover thing where everybody has the misunderstanding and gets in a big fight, and at the end, you beat the living shit out of like thousands of troops, and they're like. Oh, I didn't under. Oh, I mis I misheard you. Sorry. Let's all team up now. It's just like <laughs> what? Uh, like, okay. I mean, I don't. There's nothing. There's no. It's it's paper thin. Yeah. And, the plot is really yeah. dumb. Like, yeah. Which is not. I mean, Fire Emblem games aren't Tolstoy, but they're usually yeah. a little better than this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I would not recommend buying this game. Not at full price. No. I mean, I didn't no, buy. To me, this is like I didn't buy Hyrule Warriors for full price either. I got it for like twenty bucks at Target, and I thought that was a that was a fine price to pay. Yeah, this is like the perfect like twenty dollar game, basically. Yeah, but it, but we know Nintendo, and it will not be twenty dollars for years. No, it may so, never go yeah. down to twenty dollars. But that's what I would recommend buying this game at. Um, I will say, like, I think it does a pretty classy job of handling the IP. Yeah. And it, you can tell that uh, Team Ninja actually did some call, consultation with Nintendo on it and said, hey, what's, what are the important yeah. elements and as, of Especially it? having played a couple Dynasty Warriors games and Muso All-Stars recently, this feels way better than those games. I would rather play this yes. than no pretty question. much Dynasty Warriors or any of them. And a lot yeah. of it has to do with the fact that I really love Fire Emblem. But, but it's also this game and Hyrule Warriors feel a lot better to play they do. than the normal out I agree, and they're much less sterile, and they're a lot more mm -hmm. fun and invigorating. Um, I mean, the one thing I'll say about it is that no matter, you can suck at this game and and feel like you're amazing at it. Yeah, because it's so easy to do amazing combos and and pull off amazing, you know, just wipe like you said, wipe out like a hundred enemies with like one swipe or whatever. And it's like pulling off an, an ultimate. It's just you push one button, and yeah. it automatically targets all the enemies. And, and then, like, and then if that doesn't work, you can pull the R trigger and, and activate your your awakening right. bar, which yeah. makes you even more powerful. Like there's there's no way you're losing. Nope. In this game, like it's, it's <laughs> you basically here. just grind your way all the way through. Yeah. And and one thing I would say is, with the Switch being a handheld console hybrid, this is kind of a good game on handheld. Yeah. It's hard like to you don't you don't want like a hard line like you know hack and slash like thinking game if like on a plane. Well, it's like playing Zelda or whatever in handheld mode. That's fine when you're sitting on the couch, but if you're actually out in the world, playing really complicated in-depth games on mm -hmm. a handheld to me it doesn't really click. This is kind of one of those mindless games that you can pull out, play a couple hours of, mash your way through a few levels. Put it away, come back and pick it up. So I think it maybe is a handheld game. It, it it has a little bit more value, but as far as just sitting on your couch and playing it and playing several hours of it, I I got tired of this game really quickly, um, and I do not recommend picking it up, particularly when there are plenty of other really good games available for yeah. Switch. I mean, maybe if if you're a really hardcore Fire Emblem fan, you're gonna buy it no matter what. Who, who also <laughs> likes the very specific games that they're drawing from because like yeah. this doesn't cover the whole spread of Fire Emblem no. by any means and no. there's some DLC coming that will help with that but like it's recent stuff for the most part um, and that's about it uh, the English voice acting is awful. So bad. Um, and then you can download the Japanese voice pack, and I don't think that's very good either. And now you can't, I can't understand what they're saying on the battlefield because a lot of it's not subtitled. Well I'll say one thing a lot of people complain about Metroid Other M's story, which was another Nintendo first-party game developed by Team Ninja. 
But, man, Metroid Other M looks like it deserves a Pulitzer after playing this game. No, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, the, I don't There's know. There's at least no character assassination in this game. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I guess it depends on Well, I mean, I have assassinated a few people, but it's, right. I, I mean, it's, it's, it, what they did to Samus in that game is not complicated. Because, like, most of the characters, the main central characters in this are new. Yeah. Which is even weirder. Because it's like, do you really need more characters in the... There's a weird, the story is basically about like like something happens and like someone's trying to bring back the chaos dragon, and so all the fire all these worlds are kind of mushing together, and that's why you keep meeting fire emblem characters, and no one really knows what's going on, but uh, everyone decides the best thing to do is uh, have really really big fights. Yeah, so makes sense. Sure, <laughs> why not? But I think this is kind of uh, it's odd because this is a, a release schedule filler. Yeah. This is a game that typically would come out during those Nintendo doldrums, those six-month periods where you're not getting any first-party games from Nintendo, and this is what you get. Yeah. Unfortunately, this came out when there are games to buy and play. Yeah, you don't really need this game no. right now. Like, like you've got Nintendo Mario were... right here, and Xenoblade is coming, like, in a month and a half. Not even that. And, uh, like, I don't know, maybe check back with this one in the spring. Yeah. You know? If Nintendo were smart, it would have probably released this in the spring. Yeah, it's a good. It'd be, it feels like it'd be a good February March game, yeah. especially if you're not into like probably whatever whether they're putting out like Yoshi or Kirby in that window probably all next year pretty much. Yeah. that's what you're getting. So, Yoshi and Kirby. I mean, I, th- I I think it's fun and it feels good to play, but it's it's super brain dead even for a Warriors game. Yeah, I mean, you also and, have um, Xenoblade Chronicles two coming up. It's yeah, like I mean, this doesn't, this scratches a different itch, but like. Look, if you haven't already bought this site unseen, because because it is exactly what it says. Like, yeah. like, like if you want a, a fire fire emblem game that's that's a dynasty warriors game, you're done. Like, there this it is. is exactly what you want, and <laughs> yeah. you can decide how much money that's worth to you. Um, and it does have a lot of the same issues as other dynasty warriors games, meaning you fight the same enemies over and over and yeah. over again, and they don't really change their behaviors at all. And but I enjoy it, but it's, uh, you know, it went in its case when Mario arrived, and, it, and I don't see me choosing to boot it up in favor of the four or five other things that have come out this week and are coming out in the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I'm not disappointed with it, really, because it's exactly what I expected yeah. it to be, but, like, yeah, I can't get I didn't it. expect it to be good, and right. it's not. <laughs> I, I, I expected it to be exactly what it is, and I am, I am pleased enough by that. But I can't tell anybody to run out and buy it unless you. This is exactly what you want today. I'm and, pretty surprised. And, to, at how and today, high. like I can't imagine that's what you want right no now way. on your Switch. No, I can't. I, I've been kind of surprised at how high the review scores have been for this. Well, I mean, it's sitting at like seven, eight-ish. Like, is that Nintendo bump? That's too high. It's way too high. It is too high, but it's Fire Emblem, so it gets. Some I guess. Kind of bonus does there. Fire Emblem get a bump too now? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, every Nintendo game does. Is it exclusive on the Switch? Maybe it does. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I would not spend sixty dollars for this game. Is it even sixty dollars? Yeah, it is. Full it is price. sixty dollars and a nineteen dollars season pass. Wow, um, that's some wishful thinking right there. <laughs> I bought I bought the game. Uh, I don't regret. I mean, it's exactly what I was expecting. Yeah. I'm a Fire Emblem fan. I like the guy. I like the character de- designs. But uh, I, I I knew what I was getting into, and it sure is what I expected to get into. 
and I will go back to it. I probably, sh I probably, if I wasn't on, you know, doing this show, I probably would have waited until the spring, yeah. and maybe hoped for like a twenty dollar off moment or something. Because these, because you know, these, I mean, I waited. Nintendo never waited, cuts well, the price no, of first party software because they don't have to. And yeah. uh, I waited, well, I waited two two years and change for Hyrule Warriors to drop to where I wanted it to be. Um, but, That's a long wait. Yeah, <laughs> That's some serious patience. But I did play, I mean, I played it for like 30 hours yeah. when I got it. I mean, it was, it was, it's the same thing. It's totally mindless, but it has these characters that I like. And, uh, you See, know, I'm far more attached to the characters from Zelda than the characters from yeah. Fire Emblem. Well, I don't even Even know though I probably of... spent more time with Fire Emblem characters than Zelda characters. True, but I mean, I can't even name most of the characters in, in Fire Emblem. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, there's there's Marth. And, I mean, look, I'm naming the characters that were in Smash Brothers. Yeah, like, pretty you know, much, it's yeah. like, <laughs> The characters yeah. are in Smash Brothers and the characters that I have amiibos of. Those, those yeah. are the Fire Emblem characters <laughs> I remember, right? I think most people probably are on the same page there. But I, like the, I just like the character designs of Fire Emblem, and I think they translate real well here. Yeah, surprisingly. For a game that's pretty much a strategy RPG yeah. that it works so well in a hack and slash. So. But those, the character, I think they translate real well to amiibos, too. I think, I think Fire, the Fire Emblem characters are some of the coolest designs Nintendo puts out on a regular basis. Yeah. And they make a lot of them. Yeah, they do. Oh, we should also mention that you can choose permadeath in this game. Right, there's the Fire Emblem. We forgot you, to mention You can that. pick uh, casual or classic, just like the current Fire Emblem yeah. games. And so when you lose someone, they're, they're gone, gone for good. forever. Yeah, I did not choose that, by the way. Did you? No. <laughs> Although I have not lost anyone, so it's yeah, like, I haven't either. I don't. I don't know if that's even a, a factor. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's pretty hard to die in that game. So, all right, it's time to move on, and it's time to pick the winner of our Patreon October loot box raffle. And I have here a monkey ball. And we are going to pop the monkey ball open. I bought this in Japan. It's one of my favorite pieces of swag. You can see the monkey even swings inside there. We're going to use this to draw the numbers. So we have about 89 patrons eligible to win the loot box. So what we're going to do is... We have numbers 0 through 9 here, mm. and we're going to pull two numbers. And whatever that number is, we're going to go to the list of patrons on our Patreon. We're going to find who that person is, and they'll be the winner. So, Matt, I'll let you draw these. Ooh. I'm going to put the numbers in the monkey ball. Is it a super monkey ball? Uh, I think it is. It, it looks kind of like a moderate monkey ball. <laughs> we'll shake them up. And we're going to show you... The Patreon page, once we have the numbers. Hmm. One of the many changes for Game Face. We have, like, PCs wired directly into our TriCaster, so. Yeah. Well, I don't. You will. <laughs> That's the one thing we didn't get done. We did not get Matt's computer set up. So yeah, right now a, he just has a mouse and keyboard. I have a keyboard, but it doesn't do anything. <laughs> so don't be fooled. Yeah, they use a mouse, too, but it doesn't do anything. All right, so I think these are mixed up pretty well. I had to reload the, the chat act because it stopped updating. Oh, really? You always want to see the chat app when uh, you chat happening when we're doing stuff like this. Okay, so pull the first number, and make sure you only pull one when you pull one out of there. What is it? Six. That's a six. All right, throw it back in there. Mix them back up. Make sure you only take one. Seven. Sixty-seven. All right. So flip over to the PC. 
The, uh, the six and the nine have lines under them indicating which way up they are. So, yep. yeah, there's no confusion there. All right, so it's number 67. We have 89 total. So it's probably easier to go to the bottom and count up. All right, so here it is. So 89, 88, 87, 86, 85, 84, 83, 82, 81, 80, 79, 78, 77, Loot box. Let me write that down so I can make sure I can reach out to him. I don't know if David's watching the stream. But he is the winner. So David, if you're watching this on Patreon or the archive or whatever, we will reach out to you and we will get your shipping address and we'll ship out that loot box to you. So congratulations, buddy, and thank you for your patronage. Thanks to everybody else. We'll do another drawing at the end of next month for next month's loot box. And we'll just keep on rocking. So congratulations to David Duong. All right, let's talk next about Assassin's Creed Origins. And this is one of the changes we have for Game Face going forward. We are going to play games live on the show. So first we're going to talk about it a little bit. And then we'll mm -hmm. jump into like a live demo of the game. So I am about... I don't know, handful of hours into the game, something like that. I'm like, I gotta be around 15, I think. I'm out of the beginning area and into uh, in Alexandria and doing all the quests in Alexandria, and uh, got my hidden blade. And uh, you start out killing five. You're you're looking for five uh, masked culty dudes, and you've already killed one at the beginning. And uh, so now I'm at the point where I've killed all five of them. Even though, like, only I think only one of them I, you actually get to kill, or two of them you get to, you get to kill in gameplay, uh, and so I assume something else is going to happen soon, like because like the game is way too big to just be that. So clearly, there's a more cons there's there's hints of more conspiracy coming. So I think I've I've basically done uh, kind of the, the act one ish part. Uh, in fact, somewhere around hour 11, a trophy popped up that was called uh, I'm Just Getting Started. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, it's big. Like, the game is huge. Let's set up the story, the plot of the game. Yeah, so, so um, you play as Bayek, who is a, uh, he's, he's a, uh, a magi. Um, not plural of mage, but M-A-D-J-A-Y, who is a kind of a wise man, helper, badass kind of character. Um, and he's basically like the pharaoh has gone full tyrant in some way, and you're sort of, you went kind of rogue on it, and the secret society wanted you to, basically wanted you to let them into the, uh, it was a precursor uh, uh, vault or something with, the, uh, with an apple of Eden. Uh, but you don't know what that is. Like, like basically, nobody knows, nobody knows what it is. Yeah. And um, they, there's a whole thing where it's told in like weird flashbacks and jump forwards that I think was cut up. I feel like this game started differently originally. I feel like originally you played through his family life with his kids and everything. And Do you think then, so? Yes, because like the flashbacks where you play as him when his before his his family got ripped apart feels to me like those early Assassin's Creed three 
things where you play as like kind of the, the younger version, and then like it, I think the original idea was to sort of build that up and then have it be ripped away, and I think they changed that so that you get the open world stuff immediately, uh, which I think is gameplay wise what more people are after and want a taste of. I me mean, because because otherwise you'd be doing that Assassin's Creed thing where you're getting railroaded through story sections for the first hour and a half of the game. Yeah. Um, and part of this point of this ge- this game is to sort of reinvent the the formula a little bit, and I think it was why it feels a little choppy. A little choppy, but uh, I think it was wise to do it the way they did it. And um, I mean, the basic plot. So he's got a de- he's got a dead kid, and he's taking revenge. Yeah, I mean, he's the basic plot is Bayek has been gone for a long time. Yeah, he's been gone for like I think six months or a year. He returns, like and the whole yeah. village is like, "Thank God you're back," because the ruler has kind of created a police state mm-hmm. in the area, and they're forcing people to pay taxes and. All this other awful yeah, crap. Basically, like, they're being oppressed. Yeah, and it's uh, there's, a, there's a scene very like the first or second scene in the game show is from like a year earlier, and it shows Bayek kind of watching the pharaoh go by in his entourage, and the pharaoh looks at him and like reacts to seeing him, and then it cuts away, and I don't know what that's about. Like, I assume something is is related there that we don't know about yet. And then, of course, on top of that, uh, early on in the in the game, you find out that. Uh, Yes, we are still in the Animus, and uh, we're playing as another, an- yet another character in 2017, uh, whose name is Layla. Yeah. And she is uh, doing some kind of rogue... Th- she doesn't know that Abstergo is a front for the Templars, but she just wants to be like a, like a, a top-level Abstergo developer. And she's basically found this Egyptian tomb that Bayek is in and is siphoning off his DNA somehow to live through his memories even though she's not related to him, which is apparently very dangerous. And there's constantly, there's a lot of comlink yelling about how she needs to watch out for her kidneys or something. Um, so basically there's like, those are the, that's the setup for both angles of the story. There's very little modern day stuff um, in it so far. Uh, you're way ahead of me. So you're already talking about stuff that I haven't experienced. So you're you're right there. If I if you're where you were if you're where you were when I saw the screen earlier before we started the show, like you have you have to go talk to that guy and then and, and, we, will, and we will get our first modern day. Well, that's scene. well. Let's fire it up. Actually, let's do that. So let's switch over, Sam, to the live game. All right. So here we are. There's my camel. So your camel is the mount in this game. And you can hold down on the D-pad and summon the the camel at any Mm -hmm. time. Um, I played a couple missions where you have to go and rescue people. And you actually pick them up and then put them on the camel and then get on the camel yourself. Yeah. I'll just jump on there real quick. With uh, rather hilarious physics. Yeah. The, uh... The game does not look as good as I thought it was going to. And I'm playing it on the base PS4, so that might have something to do with it. Yeah, I, on my, I'm playing it on Pro, and it looks amazing. Really? Uh, like, the, the vistas and the environments are amazing. The, there's a lot of glitchy animation stuff, though. Yeah, it has, I mean, there's draw-in, like, uh, there's LOD issues. There's I objects. Much of that. I do. There's objects that just pop in. Like, if you're running kind of quick, like, mm. you'll see stuff, like, popping into view. And Ground funny. clutter pops in. I haven't seen, like, big stuff like trees, really. But uh, it hasn't bothered me so much. I mean, it's kind of standard open world stuff. Um, 
like there's a lot of like vistas. I mean, I'm I'm a ancient Egypt fan to begin with, and so like a bunch of this stuff is just awesome to see. Oh yeah, I mean, look, that's something I love about this series always is how historically yeah. accurate it is, and how it gives me a chance to kind of live. And it feels like it's gone back sure to that in a in a real way here, and and because the last few games I was feeling a I little. Out of it in that regard, because you know it's like Victorian London, not quite as exciting to me as like an ancient civilization. You know, um, but this is great. I, I really uh, am having a good time, like just running around the world. And the other thing should be noted: it is different. It's not a total reinvention. Is it though? It is because there's a lot more. This this game's open world and how it functions is lifted almost wholesale from The Witcher Three. Yeah, uh, the way there there have never really been side quests in <laughs> Assassin's Creed before and the Goodbye, way that the, the game kind of unfolds and you're running, you're running to question mark locations of interest, you're kind of completing each location just like The Witcher 3, you're finding side quests and like going to do things like The Witcher 3. I mean, hell, even throwing people on the, on the, on the horse and riding back with them is par- part of that. So the, yeah. the combat isn't taken from Witcher 3. Uh, but the open world feel because oh, yeah, they did say they were taking inspiration from The Witcher Three when they were trying to re- kind of reinvent this wheel, and I totally see The Witcher Three in how the open world functions. Um, I mean, it's not an exact me parallel, but uh, I see where, that that they're taking from that, and I think it's an improvement um, for the most part. I, I like running around the world in this more than I have in a lot of the other uh, Assassin's Creed. what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Come on so here we're seeing the modern day stuff. I mean, I don't know. I've not spent a ton of time with the game, but it feels pretty much exactly like Assassin's Creed to me. I am. I don't agree with that. At I am all. disappointed in the lack of changes in this game. See, I don't agree with that at all. I think it's very, very different, and not not all in a good way. Um, I feel like you have less, even even less control over the character. Uh, there is no sprint button. There is no climb faster button. There is a climb button, but there is no climb faster button. Um, the uh, the assass- assassinate is a different button now. It's triangle instead of square, which yeah. is screwing me up constantly. Um, so there, there, and and the combat is very. The combat is kind of like Dark Souls for idiots. Combat is better um, because oh, purely because they've gotten rid of the counter kills finally. Right, kind of. But because the, the first thing I upgraded, and the to me the biggest difference is. The flexibility you have in building the character that you want to play as. And that, that to me, is the biggest change. Um, because there are skill trees. And there's mm-hmm. there's three different areas. There's combat. There's, like, stealth. And then what's the... It's roughly... It's, it's hunter and warrior and seer. And that's roughly divided between melee combat and bow combat and stealth slash economy stuff, yeah. I guess you'd say. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. That's the third one. I could yeah, think that's Seer. So Seer is sort of the, the the support side of things, I guess you'd say. Um, that one is more like get better prices for selling stuff, and uh, I actually worked my and and the um, the gadgets and stuff. So like poison darts and berserk darts and sleep darts. I actually worked my way. One of the first things I did is I worked my way through that tree to be able to tame animals. Uh, so I was running around with a tamed hippo for a while. That was kind of awesome. Um, the, uh, so I, I would also say there's also a lot of Far Cry. In, yeah, there in is. There's, you a lot of hunting, a lot of looting, looting. A lot of looting. There's a lot you of have to gather um, pelts so you can create. So, oh, which yeah. isn't really anything new to Assassin's Creed. You always kind of had to, had that mm-hmm. frontier type part of the game. Yeah, it's just the there's a lot more of it, and the upgrades are under the user's control. I'd say is the is the big difference. Whereas like. 
Much there was more a, there so. was a lot more gate like story related gating in the previous ones. Where like you know even in the earlier like Ezio and Connor ones like you, you you couldn't even upgrade your hidden blade until a certain story mission let you. Right. Whereas in this, if you have the skins or the materials, you can upgrade him. You can upgrade him pretty far. And like I've been running, you know, I do tend to get distracted and run around open worlds and just. I mean, I massacred so many damn hippos yesterday the other day. And like. <laughs> and like and just and just like messing with things like tame, taming a crocodile and taking them over to the lion pride and seeing what they do. Uh, the answer is they kill each other. Um, bringing my hippo around and fighting fighting like lions and stuff. Oh, there's your there's your title after about <laughs> four hours of gameplay. Yeah, it takes a while. Well, it just shows you how big the game is. Yeah, the game is a lot to do. And I mean, we should have talked about the eagle as well. Yeah, your the eagle is a is, huge component yeah, of the game. That is your spotter, just like in um, like Far Cry, whereas like you, yeah, I mean, there's an eagle in uh, you can use in uh, Far Cry Primal or Far Cry Four would probably be like that drone thing or, or Ghost Recon would be the drone thing. I mean, the map is comparable to Ghost Recon in size. Yeah, for sure, it's um, gigantic. A lot of places to go. The eagle, so what it does, so say you need X number of pelts or whatever, mm -hmm. you can call on the eagle to scout the area, and he will identify where those pelts are, and then you yeah. can travel and get them. And he will he'll point out, um, here, so I'll you can see you that, right you see that there, where did they go? See, I love this. I love how we're in control, and we can actually show people what mm -hmm. we're talking about. I don't know where that went, but there was a uh, that hide thing you could see. So that is an indicator of... Um, it, he doesn't point out every single animal, but he does point out ones that have more hide than others. So, like, yeah. if, like one you mark with the hide icon will give you like three or four instead of just one. He'll do it with mission objectives too, though. Yeah, well, like he's he is your scout in a way that um, nothing else in the series has been. So See, they're they're showing you like oh, there's wood resources. That's wood. Yeah. Well, that's very important, by the way, because it's very hard to get wood in this game. Uh, which is not a sex joke, but you can make it one if you want. Um, but, like, oh, look at that body just warp in there. Did you see that? Yeah. Um, I've seen all kinds of graphics. There's a lot of weird glitch, glitch. I mean, the game is not, like, technically technologically broken the way, like, Unity was, but no. it's, it's rough yeah. in places. And it, they had an extra year. I yeah. mean, that's the crazy part to me. Well, there's a lot going on here. And, like, as you as you get further into this section, you realize, like, there is a ton of content in this. I mean, side quests out the ass, like, constantly. I mean, I have, I've been running around kind of doing whatever I want to do, and I think right now I'm up to, I have, like, 15 quests in my log to do, and they're all, like, appropriate to my level. You know, it's not like I'm, like, hoarding stuff and not doing anything. It's all that. So, like, yeah, you can raid those convoys, which is a lot of fun, because um, those guys never quite know what to do the first time you rip one of them off the horse and stab <laughs> them in the face. Um... I, but I love the bird because yeah, the it, bird is great. It takes down a lot, takes out a lot of the uh, work from mm -hmm. the franchise. And what you'll do with like so, so there's points of interest as you can see with the with the question marks here. And if you go, if you have him go near a question mark, uh, actually I don't know if it works if you just get the bird near the question mark or if you have to physically be near it too. But if you get in there and you'll have each area has a certain amount of things you have to do to quote unquote complete it, which is usually. Um, once you discover it, yeah. So it'll be like loot certain whatever number of treasures are there, and sometimes kill captains or commanders that are there. And so you use the bird to, to mark those. But the way you have to find them is like you have to sort of follow a hot and cold like graphical thing that like sort of lets you home in. And then once you find it, it marks it and it, it's on your map. Look at this um, map, people. So yeah, so he is. So, so the bird, the bird is your. Uh, well, here, hit the uh, the touchpad. 
to pull the, the map up and pull all the way out. <laughs> Keep going. That's as far as it'll oh, you go. Can't out. go. So if you yeah, you scroll around, you can see. Yeah. I mean, it's the game huge. is gigantic. And so if you like the so I've been playing however how like what 15, 16 hours, and like if you look at up top where you are, the only stuff I've covered are uh, the lake, Alexandria, Canopus, and Satme. Like that's as far as I've gotten. Wow. So he, Matt has played fifteen hours. That's and he all. Just played I'm, that's this just area, that area. Right and I'm not done with. By, I still have tons and tons of quests and stuff and, and locations to do. So with. you're definitely going to get your money's worth with this. Yeah. Game, if you, if you do like this game, you're set. Like it, you're set for the for the duration, basically. And here, let's uh, kind of show the quests as well. Um, yeah. So this is so, new to this. this yeah. Series. The quest system's really good. It keeps you on target. You can uh, select whichever one you want, and it'll give you like a an icon on the map that'll lead you that to that mission. Mm-hmm. Um, let's look at the gear real quick. It is a loot game. It is, yeah. And so you can just pick up weapons from enemies that you kill. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find them. People they are given to you sometimes, but you can also craft them. So down here you can see, here's where you can craft like new armor. Yeah, all the, the lower six squares there all are crafting. all your, your ongoing character upgrade. Yep. That's all crafting. And that will be your hidden blade once you get it. Yep. And that over there will be your, your tools. Your ammo for tools. And then the... Um, Let's show the skill tree. And then the weapons... Uh, so you can see which tree I've been going down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about combat. The first one I grabbed, or one of the first ones I grabbed, was uh, parry. And right. I was talking earlier about how counter kills kind of ruin the prior games, even though I use them over and over again. Because mm-hmm. I would try not to, but if I get into a pinch, I would always use them. Right. But there's no real counter kill in this, where no. it's just an automatic kill. You can parry, well, because and that is, opens up the enemy. Yeah, well, this is using basically the Dark Souls style. Yeah. I mean, the combat in this, uh, R1 is light attack, R2 is hard attack. Um, you've got the parry system there. You've got uh, a charge up. You don't have. You haven't unlocked it yet, but you can charge up your heavy attack and break shields. Um, it is basically Dark Souls light in that it has sort of the same style thing going on. You have to do use lock-ons judiciously to, to keep on target well, but there's no stamina meter. Yeah. Um, which is probably good for you because the stamina meter is kind of the thing that the, your, your barrier in Dark Souls. So yeah, that, that keeps you're right. This from being, <laughs> what, it is what frustrates me yeah, the most. So that keeps this from being frustrating to you, I would think. Yeah. Um, so there's a, that said, it is not like the old games where you know if I saw uh, you know a, a fort full of like 25 guys. In the old Assassin's Creed, I just jump jump in and start counter killing everybody. Yeah, to because death. they would stand like around Batman. and wait right. for you to kill each that other. That does not happen in this. If you if you're up against probably more than three or four guys, at least early in the game, like you are gonna have a fight on your hands, yeah. like a hard fight. And I have been, uh, I've been grinding a little bit just in the sense of finding weapons. And if you you can upgrade your weapons, I do like this part. Is you can pay uh, uh, one of drachmas. Your, the, the currency in the game, you can you can pay uh, blacksmiths to upgrade any weapon or item you want to up to your level. So if you have, so I, I have, have a, a question about that because I went to the blacksmith one time and he would not activate. I don't know if that was a bug. That has happened to me a couple times because if if somebody gets scared, you can't interact. Inter- with them. Oh, okay. So you, there might have been like a guard running around that freaked him out or something. You have to leave and kind of. But you come can back. See, can you not see all the stuff drawing in there under those trees? Yeah, but well, I let me run back down this hill again, and I'll but show you I, what see, I'm talking about. It doesn't do that on mine as bad. Really? Yeah, I think the pro mitigates that to some degree. Interesting. Like, yeah, like how it's kind see, of barren yeah. under there. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't recall seeing it like do that on mine. Okay. 
Um, there, is, there is there like is drawing. There is I mean like like carts and bags and sacks and stuff just on the road. Here, yeah. But yeah, that looks a little worse than what I. But I've you seen can see you discover areas in this. You uh, climb towers. Oh yeah. And uh, so there's and a you lot kill of goats by running over them yeah. like a jerk. <laughs> so there are I mean there are, to me this is, it is still very similar. There, <laughs> and there's the the ox cart. I oh hey bro, bro <laughs> easy. <laughs> yeah, that, that ox would rather be in Mario Odyssey. Clearly. This is what I'm talking about. The game is rough. Like yeah, there's a lot of stuff like this. At one point, I was I had to steal a cart and I tried to turn it around on the bridge I stole it on, and the horses just hung over the edge. And the and the game literally said, uh, "This is broken." Go to the menu and hit restart. Really? Quest. Like I had to go into the quest markers and basically say reset objective. Are you and I had, kidding? I had, me? And it, it put it on the other side of the city, and I had to go do it again. <laughs> so they know. They know that there's there's parts that are a little, and there's a couple things where uh, I think was it this area? Now there's there's a there's a temple with a big pool in the middle of it, and I tried to leap the pool uh, with a horse I was riding, and I missed, and the horse just landed in the pool. And the horse has been in the pool ever since. Really? Like, like I th it probably went away now that I left the area. But like the pool, the horse did not get, couldn't get out of the pool, so he just sort of swam there forever. I had a problem where that mission where you go and pick the guy up and then put him on the. Ca I jumped the camel down onto the roof of this house, and the roof had walls all around the mm. top of it, and I could not get the camel. He wouldn't auto jump over it. Yeah. And I tried to pick the guy up and like take him off and then go get on the camel separately, and like I just ended up just resetting the game. Huh. So yeah, it, it's, it's definitely rough around the edges yeah. in a lot of ways. It's not Unity rough, but it is. No, no. Like you'll see, you'll see funny things. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I haven't sure. run into anything that was like super game breaking, but like, yeah, the, the immersion is is broken here and there, uh, for sure. I think what I would say overall, and look, I've not, I've apparently I've only scratched the surface of yeah, this game. Yeah, it's, it's big. <laughs> But the one thing I would say is it is a very similar experience, and maybe that's good. I mean, you know? it's recognizably Assassin's Creed, but I think they change up uh, some of the stuff that needed to be changed up. There's a lot more player agency in what you do and when you do it, how you direct your character. Um, I think the fact that the enemies are more dangerous makes the Assassin's Creed a little more intense. Uh, not intense, necessarily, but like you feel like you have to do it, yeah. as opposed to just running around like, a, like Batman, basically, you know? Um, there does seem to be a good bit of this too, where you just follow someone around really slowly while they show you stuff. Yeah, that, this this lightens up more uh, as because this is like you get to Alexandria and you talk to people and they introduce you to all these things, um, and then after like you, you, basically once you do enough of the main story quests where you get your hidden blade, uh, they stop railroading you as much. Gotcha. Um, I would like to show some combat hopefully before we we move on. I want to kind of explain how the yeah, combat system works. Unfortunately, all we're gonna see right here is hide and seek. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> this is this is this is a kind of a long conversation-driven story. And I don't think I can. Oh, I can skip it. You can skip it, yeah. I can always go back and watch it later. So now I have what? Uh, so now you have, have to, to find, find this guy's kids. <laughs> well, here's um, one right here, apparently. Or wait, I thought there was. So it's a scavenger hunt. There's one. Yeah. <laughs> you found me. You And so they want. They're trying to teach you how to use the hawk here. Uh, so basically, you need to call in the hawk, and so there you saw like you you zoomed in on the one guy, you zoomed in on the target. There's another target found, and then you have to follow that yellow crescent to find the other one, and like it'll it'll you know the the the, the reticle will basically shrink as you find them, and you can 
hold uh, L2 to uh, hover, and, and it's easier to aim at things that way. But you can see all the stuff the bird picks up. I mean, it's just, there's stuff everywhere for you to go and loot and yeah, uh, get and the, resources. And this is very important as you move on and you need the, the resources. I mean, it's pretty right? important right out of the gate, to be honest. It's like it, the game makes you kind of learn how to use it. And it makes a point right at, right from yeah. the start that it's something so there you're you see, have to learn. So there you see the, the white there. Yeah. That, so that indicates there's either a treasure or something like that in there for you to find. Uh, whereas the yellow means it's quest uh, quest. Um, vital. Is that it, gunshots I'm hearing? What is that? Someone's setting yeah. off fireworks outside our building, apparently. Well, it's almost <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It could be gunshots. This so is gotta, Los Angeles. So you gotta go into hover mode and find this last yellow one. Can you hear that on our mics, Sam? Yeah. Can, can you look down from there? Yeah, so you gotta... So, yeah, look in, it's in the well. There it, there it is. Plane in the well. <laughs> Good job, Timmy. <laughs> uh, so then if you want to find... like, So if you go back into hover mode and kind of turn around, you'll, you see the, the white there? Yeah. So, like, yeah, you, you, I think you already did it. You, so if you zoom in and keep get that reticle as small as you can... How do you zoom in? Oh, you're, you're already zoomed in, sorry. Just try to get that reticle not on the him, like kind of go, so it's, it's a little bigger. Yeah, so you want like that there. You saw how it got smaller and then it located those stairs. Yeah. Like that's, the white stuff is just sort of points of interest or uh, um, treasures. So I still need to find three more. Uh, so you found all the kids. You, you've marked them all. You've marked all the, all the yellow, the yellow uh, diamonds. So now I just have so to. So now you just go back to Bayek, and uh, you should be able to just find them. Yeah. So you can see that the uh, using the eagle is a huge part of this game. Yeah. What is that? I don't know. It's like someone. It's like a drum circle. What's going on? <laughs> Something's going on out there. I'm glad we're in here. That's for sure. That was crazy. It's probably like it's probably those there's people. There's people that like in this building that like take classes on how to find crystals with your mind. <laughs> Look at this guy. Welcome to Los Angeles, folks. Uh, not this time. <laughs> I hope to pass by. This yeah, see, this game is definitely <laughs> janky. Bayek even kind of went, "What the hell?" Like, <laughs> yeah, it's got problems for sure. I mean, but you're right, I mean, it's not as bad as Unity. Yeah, I mean, they're cosmetic. It's, it, yeah. I haven't seen anything running uh, you know, on the level of what happened with Unity. Let's but. hop down the well here. Let go. What in the name of the gods are you doing down there? Do anything with these people? You just have to find well, this, this kid, you're going to have to uh, carry him out. No, you have to bust out of the well. I will help you out of there. Kiba is trapped in a well. So just hack that. Oh, I just hack it? Yeah. This fence here. This way. Let me out. Go straight home to All your right. mother. Is that done? She will be worried. Uh, you gotta find one more kid. The kid on the roof. Seems like I'm, I can climb almost anything in this game too. Yeah, he, he's real good. It's at like you don't holds. need like handholds or anything. Like he just goes. 
Well, it was, it was, masonry was not an exact science. <laughs> I wanted to just... It took me a while to, to kind of learn it, but uh, just hold X when you jump off things and you'll do the roll to prevent See, my, my instinct is to hit circle. Same. Yeah. yeah. From all the prior games. You have to unlearn a few things. For, very, for arbitrary reasons, it seems. Like, some of the changes I don't really understand, but okay. Only the priests are permitted here. Alright, so let's finish this quest. Hopefully I can get into a little bit of combat here quickly. Is he just gonna follow me back or something? Yeah. We can watch stars from the riverbank. I think the actually I think the conversation is said to end. And now you should get now now you should be told to go speak to the priest again. Okay. Or maybe he's not a priest, he's what your friend. Let's see, let's check the map real quick. Well, should be something on the HUD. Where is it? It's in the building. So it's like kind of below you, you see? Yeah, you, you also spend a, lot, a surprising amount of time stepping on sacred shrines with no consequences. Like, I've run through, like, offerings and stepped in magic pools, and everyone's just like, whatever. Some rude guy. Uh, so there's fast travel you can find. Once you uh, synchronize an area, you can fast yeah. travel to that area. That's and some just like all the old games. Yeah. And some important, uh, some important places also let you fast travel to. So wait, I need to finish the quest, and they said he's busy. Yeah, now he's not busy. Thank you, friend. What did that fool want with you? But yeah, I don't know. I think I was expecting something a little more drastic as far as changes are concerned. It still feels and plays very much like an Assassin's Creed game to me. Um, I don't think. I think I don't people have a problem with that because no. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of the series, but do you think people who maybe have, who have maybe burned out on the franchise will feel reinvigorated by this one though? I think they will if they like The Witcher Three. Yeah. Like it, it's very much The Witcher's Creed Three. Like it's. It's, I mean, the, the combat is sort of dumbed down Dark Souls, so, it, you know, it's not like kind of the more uh, twirly spastic uh, combat of The Witcher, but, um, and those are, those are photos that other, other players have taken, uh, so you can, and you can heart them uh, with, with the square button, and whoever gets the, uh, the highest... Um, I gave him a broken heart! No, that mean, a broken heart means you can unlike, see? Got you, got you. So... I like that one. So whoever is the it gets the highest one gets gets like a, a loot box or something at the end of the week or something I think it is. So, so yeah, so you, there's there's a landmark you can fast travel to that as well as the 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 viewpoint places. There's a lot of loading. The load times are long. They are long. Game. But look, it has like the old school like run through yeah. the abyss loading screen. And there will, you'll even get a kind you can of... You try-out combat here as well. You get kind of a longish load time even if you fly the bird far enough away from him. And when you go back to him, it'll kind of have to load where he is. I think the bird is a cool enough mechanic that I don't mind that too much. But uh, yeah. it, is, it is a notable load time. I can't remember Assassin's Creed ever loading quickly. That's true. <laughs> he just ran over that dude. Can I fight that guy? Maybe if show you up want. combat? Yeah. Like, I mean, you can, like... If you get close enough, see, this is why I don't like that there's no sprint button. I shot him with an arrow and he just kept going. He's, he's aware. And then that, uh, you can see that, um, the blue, uh, the blue skull there. 
So that is a. Um, I might get my ass whooped here. Oh, yeah, now now they're all on. <laughs> now I got like five guys on horseback trying to shoot me with arrows. Yeah, you can see the. Oh uh, wow! Above your life bar, you've got the little like glowing thing. That's your adrenaline meter. So when that fills up from being attacked or attacking, you can then do your like over overkill move, which is depends on what weapon you're using. Sometimes it's like a super kill. Sometimes it just like powers you up for a time. So this is like a community thing. So this is like in Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War, where uh, this is where someone died, and you can go avenge them by killing guys, and you get like a little, little loot for it. Get off your horses! I'm gonna die. Yep. <laughs> I should run away. I just want to have like one-on-one -on -one combat. Yeah, with well, you should so go do a quest because then, then you'll, you'll you can show off combat if you go do like a side quest like that. That. That a lot of the there. side quests aren't combat, though. Well, I can tell you which one this is if we can if we go and talk to the guy, whoever it is, you, or at the very or just pick a um, pick a question mark and go to it. There's almost always some kind of person there that you need to deal with. What do you need? This is I think this is the guy who's drunk with crocodiles. As in he. he Ate too much crocodile. No, he's <laughs> drunk and he's on a rock being attacked by crocodiles, and you have to go. Oh, you have to go kill the crocodiles. I think so. I think that's who this is. I don't quite remember. This is this is hours and hours and hours. Yes, the, yeah. Let's go check out the blacksmith before, and we'll just we'll call the demo after that. Just want to show off what blacksmith's kind of behind you now. Oh, I thought. Oh, you're right. I always think that that sword icon right. is the blacksmith. Well, because it's a needle. Right. I thought I was like I, when I first went there. I'm like, how come you're not selling me swords? And I was like, oh, it's I get you sell clothes. It's a needle, Hello, needle and thread. It looks like a sword though, like a cutlass. All right, so you can buy new gear at the blacksmith. It's kind of expensive, I think, at least based upon where I am with my cash. Yeah, I, the, I haven't the really cash, bought anything. The cash gets flows more readily as you move on. I do really like that you can so you can pay here to upgrade any weapon you have or shield you have to um, your level, your current level. So I have a, um, a purple curved sword which has this bleed effect that basically like, I mean, it takes like a third of an enemy's life off through bleeding over the course of like 20 seconds and I love it and I've just kept, it cost 750 gold or 750 drachma to upgrade it and I've just kept, kept upgrade, I'm continuing so you feel like it's me. been worth it to upgrade the existing if you, gear? If you find a piece of gear that you really love, if you like how it plays, if you like the effects it has, um, absolutely. I would say it's it's more than worth it to do that. Okay. Um, you're right, it is pricey. I mean, it's like 750 to upgrade a, a purple weapon, and it's like 3000 something to upgrade the gold weapon. I haven't got that much money total in my time no. I played. <laughs> I, I have that much, but I haven't found a gold weapon that I find worth that. What's this guy with, like, the ISIS symbol? This is, uh, your friend in the temple mentioned that there's, like, some kind of, uh, fake cat mummies going around, and so, like, you have... <laughs> fake what? Fake cat mummies. Cat, cat mummies were a big sacrificial thing in ancient Egypt, and, uh, so you could buy them in the marketplace to use them as a sacrifice, like, kind of a, a, an offering to the gods. Yeah, yeah. And so these guys are selling bad fake mummies. Basically, they're sawdust, is the idea. And um, so the, the the eye of Ra that's happening over these merchants is you have to kind of... Uh, so you talk to the right guy first, but if you talk to some of the others, like, there's an investigation bar that fills up and eventually tells you which one to talk to. And so now, uh, the, the end of that quest is you have to go talk to that guy and meet him at night. 
And uh, you may not have the ability to wait till night. Yeah, unlocked. Yeah, that's, no, a, that's an actual skill. That's something that you actually choose from yeah. the tree. Yeah. yeah, to be able to pass time. Yeah, I saw that, and I didn't choose it. Another, yet. another Witcher ability. Yeah. Stables. What can you do there? Can you, you buy new mounts? So you can. What are they better than the camel? You yeah. Start there's, with? there's rarity levels. Uh, horses are faster. And the other funny thing about them is they all have different like armor and different like you know decorations and stuff. But they all have like descriptions. And most of the descriptions are really sad. Like, they're like, this horse was abandoned in the desert, but now he feels okay because someone's taking care of him. Maybe you should take care of him. Kind of, I'm just like, uh, wow, They try to guilt you into it. Sort of. But they're, they, they can be pricey. But I do, I do t- tend to find I prefer the horses. They're faster so far. Yeah, I can't think of any advantage of having a camel over a well, horse. it's a camel. Right. It's setting appropriate. <laughs> They'll never get thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's it. If there's a specific advantage to camels, I have not found it yet. Other right. than the fact that if you like camels, here's your game. <laughs> <laughs> the only one you're ever going to get. All right, we'll call the demo there. But uh, I really like that segment. Like, I like being able to actually drive the game as we talk about it mm-hmm. and then kind of actually steer it in a direction to yeah. uh, give, we'll, give the viewers more information. And we'll get better at it. I think we, I think we wandered a bit yeah. here and there. But, like, I think it's, uh, it's a work in progress. Yeah, I, but it, it. It, I think I think it's a good way to change it up than other than just talking in B-roll. Yep. So Matt, who, would you recommend people buy this? There's so many good games that, come, that came out just this week. There's so many more good ones to come. Um. Yes, I will. If, if I mean, you're going to get your money's worth, absolutely. If you're an Assassin's Creed fan, except you wish it was a little more like The Witcher, <laughs> here you go. I yeah. mean, and also, I mean, look, if you love it, if you like the setting. Settings delivers. Setting delivers in a way that an Assassin's Creed hasn't delivered in a long time. I, I mean, I love... Probably not since Black Flag. I love the tourism, the historical yes. tourism of it. But I, so far, I feel like the game is a little dull and drab. Mm. I haven't really met any characters that I really resonated with so far. Well, you haven't met his wife yet. Okay. Who is really cool. Whose wife? His wife? His wife. Yeah. So she's, you'll, you'll run into her soon. Um, she's actually the one that gives you the hidden blade. Oh, okay. Because um, it's your kid that you're avenging, basically. Right. Um, and you're then, seeing some combat now, by the way, in the B-roll that we've recorded yeah, already. And you will, um, you know, as you, as you kind of are able to do more things, and as sort of the conspiracy starts to unfold, there's more there's more of interest going on. But it is a slow burn, that is for sure. I um I don't know. My initial impressions of this are not great. Uh, I'm having fun with it. But I can see already, like, um, a game we're going to talk about here in a little bit. I would much rather play it than this. Um, I probably will come back to this later to play more of it. But the the setting, the characters, the story just hasn't really grabbed me so far. Uh, yeah. I'm, see, I'm the opposite. I, I, this game has grabbed me from the outset. And it's exactly what I like to play. Like, kind of that exploration, sort of give me a world to run around in and see things and mess around with stuff. Uh, and I think it does that a little better than the most recent Assassin's Creeds. It feels less. I agree with that. Yeah. It feels less constricted, and I don't just mean in terms of letting you go where you want. I mean in terms of having stuff to play with. Whereas, like there was, you could kind of see, you could see the lines between things more in the in the previous games. And I think they they managed to blend this one a lot better. It feels a little more organic. Uh, you are still kind of going through a lot of the motions, but like it scratches that. I wish I could play The Witcher three again for the first time. Itch. In terms of exploring the world, seeing those, finding the question mark locations, completing what I need to do there, 
uh, it's actually become a bit of a problem because I do that enough that I, then I'll go do like a quest and I'll be like, go go kill the people at this fort. And I'll get there and I've killed them already. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like, oh, um, I'll just rub the feather on that guy. And yeah. Like, <laughs> um, and I'll, yeah, I like uh, loot stuff um, and I enjoy that. And, uh, you know, it's nice that there's no, uh, you know, there's no loot box stuff in here except for uh, in-game. There's no out-of-game out currency for it. So there's no kind of, like, incentive to do that. So you can see the pair that's talking about. Yeah. And, like, they're doing the thing that, like, Horizon did, which I like. Because I do like opening random boxes. It's like a treasure chest, you know, you get that. Yeah. And so the way that this is, there's a there's a kid who sells, uh, who like kind of is like sort of the onliney merchant, I guess, where he like, he's also the he's the same color as the 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 that online quest to revenge the other player, and he will give you a daily quest that usually gives you really good loot. Like if you want to get some yellow weapons, that the kid with the pops up as the blue camel icon, he gives you he gives you a daily quest, and usually that gives you a really good piece of loot appropriate for your level. Um, so he sells the loot boxes for 3,000 gold, um, which I kind of dig that because I, in these games I always end up with millions of gold that I don't use, and being able to use that to sort of just sort of throw it at these boxes that might give, you me, give me a better thing, a better piece of loot without having to go through some crazy quests, like, you know, is kind of a cool way to, to spend my extra money in that, because that's always a problem in, in these games where you play and, and level up and grind as much as you do, is you end up with way more in-game currency than you could ever use for anything, and I think that's kind of a... Horizon does that too, I think that's kind of a cool way to let me spend my extra money. I think what I would say about Assassin's Creed Origins is wait. Um, there are so many big games coming out over the next 60 days... Uh, it could ultimately end up being that, yes, you should absolutely buy this, but I would wait and see how these other games turn out because this isn't a game to me that when I play it, like, I'm just, like, immediately, like, everyone should play this, everyone needs to buy this. Um, to me, it's a wait and see. Uh, it could ultimately be that when it comes time to make your Christmas list or your holidays list, you put this on it. But I, I just think that there's too much, too many other opportunities to spend your money Maybe a little more wisely coming up in the next couple months, and I just think it's it, for me it's a tough sell right now. Um, so, look, if you're an Assassin's Creed fan, I would say go buy it immediately. Yeah, I mean I am one. And if you haven't I, burned out on it already and you, you want yeah. more, see, I, 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 if if I could only have one game that came out today, it's this one. Wow. Wow. See, I don't think that's much of a wow, really, because I'm a big fan of Assassin's Creed. Yeah. I'm a big fan and, of the setting. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of uh, the game we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. Or the series, uh, the we'll get basic to. series. But it's like, this is my favorite of the three games that came out today. Wow. There you uh, go. That's a pretty I, good I, And I put a pretty even amount of time in. I, mean, I guess I put less time in Wolfenstein. I've only put about three hours in Wolfenstein. But I put about uh, between six and ten on both of these. Uh, before I really kind of decided like how I feel about each one, and this one is the one I played the most voluntarily. Okay, all right. We did gonna... get these early, of course. We should yeah. note. So it's For been sure. more than today. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't play thirty I mean, hours. You did of not game. sleep last yeah. night. <laughs> I didn't play thirty hours of games since nine p.m. last night. Although I will say I have not slept much in like three or four days because I was behind the eight ball on all these games and knew I had to play yeah, them, was... and I've just been like rushing like all of them. So yeah, we. I actually got pretty lucky that this uh, this hit at one of the local stores on like Tuesday. Yeah. So I, I had some time to, to put into to it, dive into it. All right, it's time to move on. It's time for another Patreon reward. Uh, this is for the Game Face guest, and essentially what this reward was is that you would have the ability, if you were chosen randomly, to either record a rant, and we would run it on the show, 
or we would bring you in via Skype and we would actually have a conversation uh, with Matt, myself, and the patron. However, the patron who was chosen this month is shy and did not want to did not <laughs> want to pre-record anything and did not want to come on camera. So instead, uh, he or she, I'm not even sure which, has decided to ask Matt and I a question. And here it is. Bring it up, Sam. So this is from Cubes to Camel. Shane and Matt. Well, uh, here's our camel fan. <laughs> there it is. There we go. <laughs> I knew you were out there. Shane and Matt, what games do you love that nobody else seems to understand? For instance, I'm a big fan of Battleborn. I would consider it my game of the year for 2016. Wow. So, Matt, what's, uh, your, what's your thought on that? Um, I don't know. Why don't you go first? Because I, I haven't seen this question yet. So, I've got to think. So, I have a twist on this. Okay. And it may not make sense to some people, but it makes perfect sense to me because of the circles that I run in and the people who have generally watched the content that I've created, watch me on podcasts. And the series, and I don't even really care for it all that much anymore, but once upon a time was Call of Duty. Yeah. I have caught through the years so much crap for liking Call of Duty. Still to this day, like I don't even really care about the series that much anymore, but a lot of people are like rediscovering me right now because mm. like oh my god shane's still alive or whatever they started watching the show on youtube and like people are still writing in the comments oh shane's a cod fanboy <laughs> and people never could understand why i enjoyed call of duty and back when i worked at gt people like the otaku folks always gave me crap for liking call of duty i couldn't ever say anything good about it without people accusing me of being a fanboy um and I, back then, before I kind of burned out on it, and I still, I still play it and enjoy it, but I don't stick with it, like, all year like I used to. But back then, like, people couldn't understand why I enjoyed Call of Duty so much. And I tried to explain it that it was, like, my, my quick fix. It's the game that I played when I had 15 minutes here, an hour there, mm -hmm. or late at night when I'm really exhausted and just want to kind of turn my mind off. It seemed to fit that bill perfectly for me, and that's why I enjoyed it for so long. Eventually, I did burn out on it. The last couple Call of Duties, I played the campaign, I played the zombies, and then I ended up playing multiplayer for like a week and a half before I finally really gave up and, and didn't play it anymore. So um, that is a game that I have enjoyed that at least all the people around me, like the rest of the editorial team at GT, would always argue against me when I would talk highly of Call of Duty. They'd be like, really? You're playing that again? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and so it's kind of been this point of contention throughout my career that I am a hardcore gamer who likes Call of Duty. I feel like a lot of people uh, like to throw the casual label on the people who like Call of Duty. Mm. And I think I'm pretty far from a casual gamer, and I, through the years, have really enjoyed the Call of Duty franchise. So I, I don't know. I did not enjoy the Call of Duty World War II beta really at all. Uh, so we'll see. That's coming out real soon, too, by the way. It's like next week. Yeah, right? like yeah. next week. In fact, that should be eating review code for that soon, but... Yeah, that is probably the one series that I enjoyed a lot more than my peers, than the people who are around me. Um, well, I guess one way or the other, this is going to be a Sega game. Because. <laughs> as, as, as a Sega fan. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I think I'll probably just go with Virtua Fighter. Because I feel like Virtua Fighter is sort of the black sheep. No, that's a good one. Of, that's a good uh, pick. Of the fighting games in America. Like, yeah. Obviously, it was a big Japan deal in Japan. Japan is huge, yeah. 
But I spent a lot of time in the 90s in the arcades with like everyone's like, no, Tekken, Tekken, Tekken. And I hate Tekken. And I just find Tekken completely blech. And Virtua Fighter is exactly the kind of thing I like. And that's, that was always my favorite. So I've spent a lot of time in my life evangelizing for Virtua Fighter. And sometimes my friends were very nice about it. Like when Virtua Fighter 3 came out on Dreamcast, I had two or three friends who actually learned how to play Virtua Fighter just so I'd have somebody to play with. The problem um, with Virtua Fighter is that it's so different from any other yeah. fighting game. Like, your skills in one fighting game don't carry over to Virtua Fighter at no. all. You basically have to throw it all out and just start building from and scratch. Learn how, and learn how each character works and how each character works against each other character. And yeah. the matchups are very important. And it's but, hard to convince people to play it because it's not a flashy game. No, and so, it, I mean, it's kind of a job. Yeah. Like it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's really that intense. Like it's, yeah. it's a whole separate hobby, almost, yeah. learning how to play that series. And, uh, I mean, I love it to death. I but do it's too, like It's, yeah. the one of, and, you know, I go it's to, probably my favorite fighting franchise at this point. Uh, well, we'll find out how much you like it uh, after our... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> our, our fantasy game... Uh, pay, uh, Is that going to be my punishment? You're going to beat me at Virtua Fighter? No, or? I think it's going to be a long series of different fighting games. Okay. Like, we'll go half hour each kind of okay. thing for, like, all day. Fair enough. All right, and we'll see. We'll we'll keep a running tally of how many you win, how many matches I win. If I win any rounds, yeah. <laughs> rounds, like, yeah, I may just make that go call. for rounds. <laughs> see, if, see, if, I want to see if we can hook a Dreamcast up to this. Oh, that setup, would be cool because a lot of my old fighting games are on Dreamcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do have a I have a box that converts it to HDMI, so maybe it will work. Okay, we can tr- we can test it. That yeah, sounds that, like fun. But I think that's my plan for the for the because I'm it, the only way I could have possibly lost. Uh, to you in the in the game draft is if uh, Mario had gotten less than a four average. Yeah, that's on Metacritic. That and that, not that has not happened. <laughs> it turns not. out. It turns out. Yeah, I could have um, told you that, but so uh, yeah, I think uh, just a marathon, just pounding you repeatedly in the All ground. Right. That fair enough. It's better than playing Bloodborne. Yeah. <laughs> you will, you will probably lo- die less. In this one, then on board. Maybe. <laughs> it would be close. That might be an interesting experiment, ultimately. But, uh, we'll, we'll but I hear you. That's a good pick. Virtua Fighter's a really good pick. Yeah, Virtua Fighter kind of one that's hard so to, long. And it's hard to explain to other people. And I've tried to convince people to play it, and, like, nobody will. Like, they'll just look at it and be like, that looks boring. And it's like, well, it looks boring, but once you get into the strategy of it, it's the best. Mm-hmm. And it's always been... The, I've always tried to be an evangelist for that series, and it just never works. And I think, I think maybe part of it is you kind of have to go to Japan to get it. Uh, when the last Virtua Fighter came out, you go to the arcades there. It was literally, mm. of all the cabinets, it was probably 70% of all the cabinets in there. Yeah, it, it helps to, to see it there, I think. and Because uh, I mean, I've been a fan since 1, back yeah. in the day. Um, but seeing, because uh, 4 was hot at the time when we were first going to Japan. Yeah. And seeing it there and how lively the scene was. And, and get my butt handed to me yep, over and over again in the, the arcade. same guy playing Wolf <laughs> the whole time. I yeah. won one one match there and I like celebrated. Yep. Even though the guy may have been like the worst player in the arcade. It I got to the care. point where I would practice Virtua Fighter 4 before <laughs> we went to Japan. <laughs> That's funny. Because I knew I was going to need yeah. a refresher. Yeah, for sure. Um no, so that, that would be my pick. Is uh, that, that's the game I felt probably the most alone on the most often. And I think maybe even going back a little farther than that, I've talked about this game a bunch of times on Game Face Tribes. It, that was mm-hmm. another game that I really loved. I thought it was better than every other shooter out there, and I could never convince people to play it. They would try it, and it was really hard. It's kind of like Virtual Fighter. Mm-hmm. It took like a very specific skill to be good at it. And uh, I only ever got like a couple friends over the hump to where they're like, oh my god, you're right. 
But I tried with just dozens of people to get them into it. And I'd always heard about it. I just didn't. I didn't have a gaming PC at the time that yeah. Tribes was. A and there was a barrier of entry too. You had had to have for at the time an expensive video card, at mm-hmm. least a Voodoo two to run it. And a so decent connection. Yeah, and then so when Halo comes out, everyone's like, "Oh my god, this is so awesome!" I'm like, "I've been doing this crap for like ten years. Where you been?" And like they like, don't even have jetpacks. Yeah, exactly. Game. Like, it, but it it was kind of similar with the vehicle combat right. and everything. So, so that's another game that uh, I've been a big fan of that most people just couldn't give two squirts or whatever over. So, there you go. Thank you, Cubes to Camel, for your patronage. I uh, wish you were a little more uh, outgoing and you could have deliver a rant or something like that but uh, we'll be randomly selecting somebody for next month actually probably in the next couple weeks we'll be picking somebody else so hopefully the next person will step up uh, and join the show or at least record a rant that we can run and then we can kind of riff off of it well, it's your fault for picking a camel <laughs> all right we're going to move on we're going to talk next about south park the fracture butthole this is it's so funny just letting that just roll off the tongue <laughs> uh this is a game we we would have talked about last week but we didn't have a show, so we're a little late on this. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. Um, I will say, of every any game that we're talking about this week, this is probably the game I'm most disappointed in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exactly like the first game, but it's not funny. Yep, I would agree with that. It. I haven't laughed at anything. Anything. I, no. The only no, that's not true. I did chuckle a little bit. The funniest parts of the game... Actually, I laughed, at, I laughed out loud at one thing, and I can't remember what it was. But it was, like, 14 hours in. The funniest parts of the game are just going into, like, the random stores and, mm-hmm. like, seeing, like, products on the shelves and what they've called them or going that's... to, like, the VD clinic and, like, stuff like that's kind of funny. Yeah, but, but... that's, like, kind of the pro- part of the problem I have with it is, like, it's the same town. Yeah. And I know there's not a choice there because it's South Park, but, like... You've seen all these places already in the in the stick of truth, and obviously there's different ways to get in and different ways to open garage doors or whatever. But it's like it's the same thing, and like yeah. part of you know part of what a sequel should do, in my opinion, is expand and take you somewhere new. And South Park literally can't do that because that's the nature of the show. How could? Because here's the thing with this series, like. For me, the concern with the first game and with this one, because the first one I thought was funny. Like I thought, yeah, it, I thought the first. One I was laughed out funny. loud a ton of times at the first one. When before playing this game, I never dreamed the problem would be that it's not funny. That to me should be the easy part with this game. The hard part should be getting the RPG systems balanced and making the combat fun. Instead, it's the comedy. And, and here's the thing: the whole Coon and Friends thing is just not funny. Mm-hmm. I have not liked it in the show. Once they went down that story arc on the show, I stopped watching the show. Right now I have 12 episodes of South Park on my DVR because I got so turned off by the show by the whole Coon and Friends thing that I just quit watching and never went back to watch it. So to me, the whole that whole story arc is not good and not funny. How much of that has... Because I saw the Coon and Friends thing years ago it was yeah. like a rerun it or something. keeps like re it keep popping up popping it's like back a thing up. to go back to right it, yeah it's like callbacks and stuff like that here I, saw the, I think i saw the original one it was almost accidental it was like oh i haven't watched south park in a while i turned it on it was it was that two-parter where they reveal who mysterion is and yeah. all that stuff i never liked any of those they were never funny and this game is not funny there's not like even the attacks it's like dude blowing farts is an attack that's not funny anymore. It's like... And that's all your character can do. You're right. That's pretty like, much the whole game. Some farts can blow out three spaces wide. Some, and one thing I will say is that the combat's pretty good. Like, 
there's some strategy involved. It's not especially hard. Like I don't, I don't know if I've even lost a battle yet at this point. I've lost a battle. I've lost some characters, but like everything resets after the fight, so right. it doesn't really matter. And all the health goes back up to full. Yeah. Uh, no mana. There's no, no. There's no like, magic points. It's a it's a it's a grid based strategy RPG. Mm-hmm. You can see that there's a grid there, and each attack has. Some of them will blow for an entire column. Some will attack for an entire row. Like, some are like spread attacks. Some are, and there's buffs and mm-hmm. healing and all that kind of stuff. All with a South Park twist on. You can multi class and mix and match stuff, and it's you know it's it, there's stuff there. And that big yellow meter at the top, um, as the enemies attack you, basically you just hit like X as quickly as they attack you, and then that meter will go up, mm-hmm. and then you can pull off your ultimate. And it, it gives you a little bit of health back. Yeah. And uh, then you can pull off your ultimate. The ultimates are okay. Yeah. Again, I, for South Park, like, they should be so much better. Well, also, I feel like they... I don't think this game does as good a job, because the first game had a really solid handle on the idea that they were kids playing, and their imaginations made it real. Right. And that conceit doesn't carry over in this game quite as There's well. There's some of There's that. There's some of it, but, like, yeah. some, like, some of the ultimates are clearly, like, you know... Like they're you know like, like in the first game where you, you they, they like use a like a like a like a you know like a lighter to like be their fireball attack yeah and in this one sometimes it's something like that and sometimes like you know it's just like <laughs> uh, Kyle actually actually takes off an orbit right. and launch fires lasers down right from his kite you know yeah and it's kind of hard to sort of like like there's that that conceit in the show I think a lot and in the first game where like. You can tell, like, it's still all in their head. They're still right. kind of playing. They're yeah, they're, they're kids. It's their imagination, right. yeah. And that they they kind of gave up halfway on that in this. Yeah. And uh, I don't think that what they gain from not doing that makes up for what they lose by not doing it, if that it, makes any sense. And the other thing I would say, too, is that, like, the combat never really evolves... No, it's they keep kind of, they keep multi-classing you, but all that means is you have a, a diff, couple different attacks you can slot into your only you have four attacks, including your ultimate. So you basically limited to three attacks. Yep. And I don't find it to be enough to really work up a decent bit of strategy. On With that. the first game, in the first game, the combat didn't involve much either. But the scenarios and the writing and the comedy were good enough that you wanted to keep playing to see what happened next. And it's not up to that level in this mm. game. And so I've just found like my interest level waning. I had started playing this before. Uh, I had to go back to Philadelphia and uh, I came back and picked it up and played a little more and I'm done. Like mm. I I'm at probably like the 7 or 8 hour mark and I just really don't have any interest to keep playing it. I uh, I mean I'll probably try to finish it. It's only like 15 hours. I mean according to no, most I'm, reports. I'm up there. Oh really? Like 12 13 hours doing okay, I'm doing all the side quests and all the little things. Wait, Sam just laughed at something. So he, Sam <laughs> laughed at the fart attack. There's so your, there's your maybe audience. we're crazy. <laughs> That's funny. So he thought that was yeah. funny. The other thing that bugs me about this game's combat is it's, it's very centered around status effects. Oh yeah, big and time. That I find I generally find that annoying. It's so annoying. Yeah, I hate status effects in RPGs. They're the worst. Getting poisoned or getting mm-hmm. burned. And I mean, in any RPG, and I mean, I it's really it. easy to use it to your advantage too. It's not like it's some. It's not like it's like oh, the computer abuses it. And it's like yeah, that's how you just how you play it. But I don't find it to be a very interesting form of strategy. I guess yeah. I would say. I, I I think the reviews for this game were too high too. I mean, they, I didn't really. They, they weren't the that great. They're like it's sitting at like a seven on Metacritic. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't even recommend this to South Park fans. That's the crazy part. 
I don't feel, yeah, I don't feel, I felt like the first one really kind of brought something new to the table in terms of taking the license and putting it in this setting. And this one just sort of seems to go through the motions again. And I don't know, maybe that's because, maybe that's a, a factor of the loss of uh, Obsidian. Um, and a lot of it feels old. Like, having to do, like, quick time events all the time in the game, yeah. it's just like, really? This is 2017? I'm doing quick time events all the time? Like, it just, yeah, I, I can see now why the game was delayed so many times. Mm-hmm. It feels like they never, still never quite found it. Yeah. Well, the one guy who used to be on our site, Vin, worked on it. Mm. And every once in a while, he would send me, like, these cryptic messages about the game. I can talk about it now. I couldn't talk about it back then. But he would send me, like, oh, things aren't going good, and it's going to be delayed again, and then it would get delayed. Um, and, yeah, now I can kind of see where... Uh... I will say one thing, though. The visuals are better. And the increased power helps this game a lot because South Park, it's like, if you watch the show, it, everything may appear really flat, but if you have, like, a, a really clear signal and a great TV, you can see that everything is kind of textured. Yeah. And this game does that. Like, you can see the textures on the mm -hmm. flat sort of colors. Uh, so it do, it is more accurate in selfies. We forgot to bring up how selfies are a big deal on this, which seems so 2014 or something. Yeah, well, there's a lot of that going on in this game. Same with, um, you know, really all the Coon and Friends stuff. Uh, a lot, you know, the, the satire happening of um, superhero movies is very much rooted in kind of the state of where things were in the marketing campaign run up to Civil War. Yeah. And it already feels outdated. Yeah. Uh, especially because there's so much stuff that's kind of going on about, like, superhero movies. Isn't that already over or whatever? And it's like a year and a half later, it's like, no. As a matter of fact, we're about to have a big one next week, and then Justice League comes out, and then Black Panther comes out. I mean, right. the, Black the Panther's looking pretty good. The superhero thing is not slowing down anytime soon. No. And then Avengers Infinity War wraps up a whole bunch of stuff in May. I mean, it feels weirdly out of touch for South Park, uh, which is... I one mean, of usually it's, it's the one breaking the boundaries. Yeah, one of, it's one of that things. show's saving graces, whether you love it or hate it, is that they make it in five or six days, and it's always current. Very timely. And yeah. this isn't. Nope. In a w and, it, it, and they, they, I mean, they pick that. They, they pick their battle on that, that this, they were going to parody the cinematic universe thing in a way that doesn't really feel current anymore, whereas, like, Stick of Truth was more a parody of fantasy RPGs. Yeah. Which is timeless. It is. And... And I don't even really get that satire from this game anyway. Like, no. It's very limited as far as the amount of jokes that they It doesn't take feel it. like they have anything to say about it. No. Really. They're just using it as trapping. Nothing clever. Yeah, it's like they came up with the premise and they're like, well, it takes three years to make a game. Yeah. We're going to stick like, with ha, it. Like, ha, ha, he's dressed as a superhero character now. It's like, it, yeah. it wasn't, there's not a lot happening. Um, I'm the, really disappointed in this game. Really, really disappointed. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't hate it, but like, uh, it's not as I don't funny. like it. And I feel like there's stuff I'm missing because I don't watch the show. So, like... I doubt it, though. Morgan, is Morgan Freeman really selling tacos in South Park now? Is that a running game? Like I the said, show, there's or? 12 episodes of this show sitting on my DVR mm. unwatched right now. I've bailed on the TV show. And like, maybe all, people I, who stay current think this is funny. Yes, I, I mean, I haven't watched it in a very long time. Like, I don't know. I Like, so Stan isn't friends with them anymore? Like, he doesn't hang out with them anymore? And they've replaced him with other characters or something? Like... That's a bad move. The social dynamic. So I mean, I don't know. I've I've heard that because like, like Stan doesn't seem to like them anymore, and like he's you see, and I don't I don't know if that's part of the superhero setting or if like they really he re does really refuse to hang around with Cartman anymore, which like would probably be the smartest thing anybody in that town has done yeah. in twenty years. But like, <laughs> yeah, even Cartman isn't funny in this. 
I mean, Cartman's not funny. No. That's a problem. Cartman's, well, also, like, Cartman's usually, I mean, the, the quote-unquote humor of Cartman usually comes from him doing the horribly politically incorrect, right. like, horrible thing. And he doesn't even really do that much no. in this. At least in the, in the first game, he was, like, he was a horrible person in the first. He yeah. wasn't really, offe- he wasn't doing kind of the anti-PC, like, oh, it was offend people thing. But he was being a, a terrible person to his friends. Yeah. And, like, that was kind of the incentive to switch sides in that game when, it, when the option came along. Um... In this, like, it feels like everybody's just kind of an equal jerk to each other. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, there's no dynamic there. And I don't... I, it just feels weirdly neutral for South Park. You know what I mean? This game also screams $30 in two months. <laughs> it just does. It came out at a really bad time with all the great games. If this game had come out when again... it was supposed to. Yeah. yeah. I think it would have a lot more impact than it does now. This game is essentially sent out to die. South yeah. Park fans are probably going to ask for it for Christmas, but it's uh, it's not in a good place to be released, and it's not a particularly great game. Yeah, and it, it does I'm, not transcend South Park fans. No, I th- I think really you're you're in t- you're in this if you haven't played the first game, probably because at least then it's not quite as much repetition for you. Yeah, and because um, the realization of the town in the game was one of the big interesting things about the first game for me was like because they'd never done that before you know, like even yeah. matt and trey say we had to there figure was novelty out, yeah. we had to figure out where everything was we'd never done that before yeah. and that was kind of cool but um basically if you haven't played the first game and you were a giant fan of the coon and friends storylines yeah. <laughs> like this there you, you did pick this one up yeah or put it on your christmas list but otherwise i even then i feel you might be disappointed by the fact that it just does it doesn't for for, for better words, it, it doesn't have the 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 teeth that yep. South Park you expect from South Park. Yep, it just doesn't have it. It falls short. Even, for me. I mean, even if you just think South Park is like gratuitously offensive with no, you know, and hides behind the satire idea, which I think is a fair criticism once in a while. It doesn't even have that. No, it doesn't do that. Like it's not like you're sitting here saying, "Oh, I'm so offended," and there's no reason for me to be offended because they don't have anything to say. They don't even do that. They're no. not even they're not even crossing the line. They really, really don't. They're just sort of there. Nope. It's uh, it's just limp. That's really the best yeah. way to describe it. Yeah. So. It's, I mean, I guess it's not that surprising because of how long it took and it's not Obsidian. Yeah. But like, it feels like it feels it's like the writing just, though. The writing. How can yeah. they screw that up? Writing a game this size is a big job. I mean, it it's, is, it's, but they've had plenty of time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. And they were obviously hands on with this. Like, yeah. but I don't know the first thing about how that all works. So, and, the, and of course, this game was also being done. If you watch, uh, oh, what was that guy's podcast? Bill Simmons? I might be getting the that wrong. The sports guy? Yeah, but he had a podcast where he interviewed the two of them. Yeah, and they, that's who it is. Yeah, yeah. and they talked about uh, you know last season where they tried to do a, sto- a season-long story, but it all hinged on Hillary winning the election, and she lost, and they're like, we have to make a new episode in 24 hours. And, like they, and their whole plan for that kind of unraveled. Right. And so it feels like... Maybe part of this was like they had one of the toughest seasons they've ever had to make during the development of this game. Yeah, that could be. Like, who knows if you have don't have time to kind of workshop it or tweak it in the end the way they needed to? Like, I don't know. I don't like. I don't. Maybe we'll never know. But yep. uh, it definitely feels like it lacks that something that they usually always provide. Yeah. Period. So. But then you could say the same about the show recently, I guess. Yeah. I haven't been a fan of it for like two seasons now. So, and I used to be a huge fan. Yeah. Watched it the night it came out. The one thing I do like in the, I really do like in the game, and I did like in the recent shows, is the member berries. I think are very funny. Yeah, like, yeah. Because it's that is again, 
you know, South Park doesn't hit the bullseye too often for me in the last 10, 15 years, but, like, the member berries are, are one of them. Yeah, like, yeah. the member berries are great because it's just like, yeah, it's so dumb. Like, there's nothing else to it. <laughs> and the other time, I think, you know, but, like, South Park's at its best when it's doing something that, like, I think one of their best gags ever was when you could, they, the, they ruled that you could say shit. Right. On prime time. I mean, so they that, pushed the right. envelope for but television. They did, but, but it's like, but the best, the best thing about that is not that they they have the counter and they do, you know, the, the characters say shit like three hundred and eighty times in the in the episode. The best part of that show is not that they say shit three hundred and eighty times and abuse this new quote unquote privilege. Right. Is that it, is that the rule is you can use it as an as a as a as an oath, but you can't use it to describe the substance. And at the very end of the show, <laughs> they say, oh, hey, don't step in that pile of shit. And they have to bleep shit. <laughs> and that's the joke. Like, that's yeah. when the satire works. Because, like, you've heard this word 380 times, but you can't hear it this time. This way. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> when they're at their best is right. when they do stuff like that. There's nothing like that in this game. No, there's nothing Not, like that. Nowhere near as clever as that in this game. We are not, yeah, we're not firing on all six South Park cylinders on this one. Definitely not. All right, let's move along. We're going to, this is another topic that we probably should have been able to cover last week, but didn't because we were out. Mm -hmm. All right, actually, did it happen? Yeah, it did happen before. Yeah. It it was like Wednesday last week or something, I think. Okay, so we're still going to talk about it because this is a huge freaking deal. So, uh, Visceral's Star Wars game. What'd you say? I think it's a huge freaking deal. Yeah, it is. I wanted to play this game. I, I think we both did. Yeah. Uh, so Visceral Star Wars game has essentially been canceled. Mm. Uh, today, Jason Schreier from Kotaku published an expose a little bit about it. Did yeah, you get to read little, it? Yeah, I read some of it. Uh, I read the one guy who's basically saying like he's surprised. He thinks that maybe it should the plug should have been pulled sooner. Because it just wasn't coming together somehow. And there's a lot of fingers being pointed around. Like there's people saying it was... EA and people saying it was Amy Hennig and people saying it was the people working on it and people saying it was the people with Visceral and like it was, it was, like no one seems to quite have a, a handle on exactly why this was going wrong but it seems it seems like everyone seems to agree that it was a very ambitious project that just was not gelling in some way. It's really disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty much devastated by this news and completely shocked. I mean, it, Amy Hennig has ran teams making games like this for like Two decades. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. Look, we weren't there, but it's hard for me to accept that somehow she was the one culpable for the problems right. here. Well, I wonder if there's, you know, and their response and their kind of what they're doing with it. Like, I'm not doing it because it's clearly a different project. Basically, the, the, the statement they put out about moving it to EA, EA Vancouver makes it sound very much like they, they decided they want Destiny 2 with Star Wars. Yeah. Um, which is a very different project from what was happening here. And uh, my my question would be was like are the people saying that Hennig was a problem on it really saying that she wasn't allowing EA to just make it into a an, like a, a MMO light loot box fest you know like that she wasn't allowing elements that are in Battlefront 2 to be in her game was that part of the problem but isn't that kind of what every publisher is asking now well, certainly what EA is asking. Which is ultimately, I mean, I didn't want to just really kind of hammer down on on just the visceral Star Wars game. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it's a bit of an old story. But I think the bigger story here is that this is kind of where the industry is headed right now. Is that these publishers are like, look, if we're going to spend hundred and some million dollars to make a game, it can't be something that people play for 15 hours and then put down and never go back to again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, ironically and amazingly... Just today, three... We got three of those. ...incredible single-player games were released in one day today. 
And it'll be interesting to see how those games sell and yeah. if all And to be the... fair, I mean it wasn't incredible, but the game we just talked about, South Park, single player only. Yeah. No weird microtransactions beyond season pass, which everything has put out by Ubisoft. <laughs> the poster doesn't want to hear this. The poster was also looking forward to the Star Wars game. The set's falling apart. You yeah. can't see it yet. But it's, it's new. It's <laughs> Yeah, but uh so what do you think this this says? So this story prompted a lot of prominent gaming executives to come out in the last five days and make a statement. Mm-hmm. So the head of Xbox Publishing came out and said, you know, we're single-player games are always going to be around, but it's something that we have to seriously evaluate going forward. It wasn't exactly a glowing recommendation mm-hmm. of the future of the single-player-only video game. Yeah, well, there's, it seems like there will probably be a season pass component just about everything from now on. Maybe, a, you know, I mean, that's what multiplayer... It was always kind of the multiplayer horned into, you know, what were clearly single-player campaigns back going back as far as the, you know, the Xbox 360 days and uh, maybe even really before that. You know, you'd have things where it's like, you know, the campaign is pretty good and there was some kind of weird rudimentary multiplayer game tacked on that you sort of figured it's like, oh, I guess they just didn't want people to sell it back. Because back then the idea was you don't want people to sell it back because then they can, they'll sell it back and somebody will buy it used and the publisher doesn't get any money for that. Right. Um, nowadays, I'm not really sure what that loop is. I guess it's more they want you to buy it at full price or they want you to buy it and then spend extra money. They assume you won't buy it at full price, so they want you to spend the extra money on the season pass and the microtransactions to make up for that. A lot of the games, um, though, that are kind of use that revenue model, they don't really ever drop in price. True. <laughs> I mean, most of them maintain that kind of Nintendo, like, full price for a long time so before they agree. drop. I mean, you know, most, I think within a year you can get stuff pretty cheap, unless it's Nintendo or Overwatch. Yeah, like there's no Blizzard doesn't do that. I mean, Blizzard has no reason. Activision actually, in general, does not drop their prices on things. No, uh-uh. I mean, if you see, if you see a Call of Duty game for less than thirty bucks, it came out a decade ago. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's like Black I mean, Ops I mean, One. Yeah, like Black Ops Two <laughs> is still like yeah, it's, forty bucks or something it's like crazy. that. It really is. I mean, look, they're even still charging fifty bucks for that stupid Fall Cybertron game that came out five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just Activision doesn't drop prices. Nintendo doesn't drop prices. So, what are you going to do? So, what do you what do you think is the future of the single player game, Matt? Do you think that the ten to fifteen hour single player game is something we're going to see that doesn't have any multiplayer? Because the weird thing here is that Amy Hennig worked on Uncharted, mm-hmm. which did have multiplayer components for the last several entries. Why why could they not? Maybe that is the right answer, though. Maybe making a Destiny two set in Star Wars is the right call because. With Destiny 2, I thought the campaign was, it wasn't as good as a Naughty Dog campaign, but it was still pretty good, mm-hmm. and I played it all the way through and finished it, never felt like I was wasting my time or grinding my gears. Is that the way forward? And it um, kind of incorporate those MMO elements into the campaign? I don't know if it's the way forward, but it is something we're going to see a lot, I think. Yeah. Because Destiny 2 already apparently the top-selling game of the year. Um so clearly, there's a hunger for that idea. Uh, I think if you put lightsabers, and not only in that, it, after the first one, right? After a lot of people said they were burned by the first game, were unhappy, mm-hmm. started online petitions, all this other garbage, they got right back in right. line for the second. But pile. it's also, I don't. I mean, I don't think the problem here is that they want to make a Destiny game of lightsabers. I'm kind of on board for that. Yeah. The problem is that they killed Amy Hennig's 
Star Wars Uncharted game right. for it. Yeah. Um, and clearly, I mean, clearly, uh, Sony still finds it worth it to fund things like that. Even there, there is a multiplayer component, obviously, to Naughty Dog's games now. But like, yeah. Naughty Dog isn't running around doing the microtransaction loot box thing yet. Um, so, like, you know, the, while there is the multiplayer component to those games, I don't feel like there's a lot of predatory, you know, marketing happening there. Um, EA, on the other hand, seems to think that that is their bread and butter from here on out. And I think uh, once it comes time to talk about Battlefront 2, you know, the loot box thing is going to heat up again on, you know, in the podcast rounds because the loot boxes in that game directly impact your character's performance. It's not, right. it's not aesthetic. Yeah. Um, and on some level, I'm not surprised EA is the one testing the water on that one. Uh, you also have to remember that EA is coming off of uh, the absolute disaster of Titanfall 2, yeah. which tried to do the, the traditional free update content and sort of like, you know, kind of basically Overwatch idea. You know, like you could buy the pilot and skin and stuff like that All separately. All cosmetic stuff. All yeah. cosmetic stuff, but you, you got the updates, the content updates and the maps and everything for free. And clearly, you know, I don't think that that Titanfall didn't sell be, and didn't sell well because of that. I think there were a lot of other factors, and blaming that on that is probably a bad idea. But I think if you're just looking at a spreadsheet, that's what it looks like to you. Yeah. So. And unfortunately, a lot of publishers make decisions looking at spreadsheets. Right. I mean... And EA, I mean... I mean, data, let's I mean, be yeah. honest, data is the best way to make decisions generally... And let's not forget, I mean, look at what EA doesn't really put much out now. Yeah. You know, and, and remember they also got burned on Mirror's Edge last year. Yeah. Like, but we could have told them that right, they were going to get burned on that one. But, like, it's just... But yeah. you're right. It's, and the problem is, and it's not just EA. A lot of publishers are that way. They put out three or four games a year. And they're, when you only put out that many games, it's a huge bet. And if that bet doesn't pay off, your whole quarter is kind of screwed. And I just... I wish I could see the game that they were making. Yeah, well, I feel like we will see some stuff uh, as we move forward. Like th that, this, this is this screams. Oops, I leaked my concept art for right. the artists. And or stuff oops, here's years. some alpha footage yeah. that we had kicking around the studio. Well, clearly they had some because they showed three seconds at E3 two years ago. Well, don't forget there was Star Wars thirteen thirteen. Mm -hmm. That game looked amazing and it got canned. What is it with like these amazing looking Star Wars single player games that they never make it out? I don't know. It's crazy. But Star Wars has been in a dark, a dark time for its video games for a very long time. I mean, remember how LucasArts got shut down? Basically, yeah. They they, they cut Force Unleashed in half, fired everybody, and that was the end of it. Yeah. Um. You know, Force Unleashed itself was uh crap. The well, yeah, but, <laughs> but it was the first big budget Star Wars game in years. I mean, what was the last one before that? Clone Wars. Yeah. Or like, I mean, there was. Star Wars games went dormant for a long time after the prequels, You're even right. before the prequels ended. I mean, Revenge of the Sith had game tie-ins from uh, the collective and stuff. But like, <laughs> Remember Pod Racer? Yeah. But like Star Wars basically vanished for a while from the video game scene until Force Unleashed came back, and then LucasArts got cut down. Thirteen Thirteen got killed, and I mean, look, uh, uh, EA's had the the Star Wars license for how many years now, and they've managed to put out. They're about to put out their second game. Yeah. Like, what is going on? Makes I don't you know. wonder about the Motive Studios game and yeah. what that's going to become. I mean, look, the idea of a, of a, of a Destiny-style Star Wars game is an interesting one to me, but not at the cost of Amy Hennig's game. I yeah, I agree. An Amy Hennig-directed Star Wars game would, would be on my top three things I would ever want to play. Ever play. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I, uh, 
I mean, isn't Destiny already like Star Wars? I mean, yeah, a bit. <laughs> I mean, we're both real close to that IP, and so we would. I would never say that it's the same thing, but it's like it's a space opera. It was kind of basically thing. Yeah. another developer who didn't have the Star Wars license trying to make a Star Wars MMO shooter. A little bit, yeah. Um, so I feel like we kind of are getting that already. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm lying if I say I wouldn't buy it. Yeah, I mean, it, oh, I'll buy it. I mean, I Destiny love, I enjoy with, Destiny yeah, too. Destiny with Destiny two with the blaster sound effects, I might pay you five bucks for that DLC <laughs> right for, there. I got, <laughs> Seriously, and you'd make money off that because the blaster sound effects are public domain. Yeah, you would have to. Oh, pay you're anything. right. They're old enough that they're public domain now. Well, Ben Burt never never trademarked. Never really? Them. Yeah, interesting. So that's why in the eighties, you learned something. That's why in eighties cartoons you hear Star Wars sound effects all the time because there's no there's no wow, legal, legal claim on that. I learned something today. Yeah. Watch watch that. the old Transformers cartoons. Uh, they use the Millennium Falcon like bursts like like thruster sound for like the the jets all the time. Huh. So we're, we're kind of talking about like what's going to happen in the single player game, but hasn't some of it kind of already happened? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's they're, in process. They, they're kind of increasingly rare at this point. Like any game that you buy that is just yeah. a campaign. Well, I mean, this is the wrong week to say that, but right. other any other time this year, you would, I think. Well, yeah. this is Q4. Yeah, I mean, this is when you're going to get games like this. But you start looking back through the last eight months of the year, there haven't been a lot of single-player games that are just single-player and that ultimately sold really well. Persona 5, um, one I of think, them. I think Shadow of War probably did okay. Yeah. Um, but even that has kind of multiplayer-ish stuff in it. Well, I don't count. I mean, yeah. the mingle-player thing That's is, kind of counting, like, yeah. Dark Souls. Like, Dark Souls is, like, a... There I, are some that are I still... Would, I would say Dark Souls is a much more legit multiplayer game than Shadow of War. Like, I never... Yeah. I, you can never see another person in... Shadow of War. Like, you just play against their castles, you know? Yeah. I mean, Shadow of War is about as multiplayer as, as uh, launch No Man's Sky was. You know? Yeah. You can you never see another person in that game. You can just see what they've left. And even you couldn't even do that in No Man's Sky, actually. But, like, um, No Man's Sky is an interesting example of, like, a purely single-player game that turned out to be a single-player game, but everybody wanted to be multiplayer. Do you think it's going to be a case where the indies are the ones who end up carrying the torch... Somewhat. That seems to be what kind of happens in the industry anymore, is once the big-budget publishers, the AAA folks, decide something's not worth pursuing anymore, it always seems like the little guys end up picking it up, picking up the football and running with it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, like, until Samus Returns, that was basically the state of Metroidvanias. Yeah. Like, indie games yeah, were making right. those instead. Yeah. I mean, clearly there was a market, there was a, there were people wanted it, they were, you know, tearing it up on Kickstarter... Doing really well in on Steam, but like the big guys weren't interested in making it yeah. until Nintendo seemed to I don't know wake up. Or well, and Nintendo know. saw some other kid make a really good version of Metroid With, Two. Is that enough time from there on to to have made? Yeah, I think returns? so. With Nintendo's resources, for sure. I yeah, think maybe. I mean, that um, project was kicking around for a while before it came yeah. out. And Nintendo banned it. Or whatever. Did you see the uh, one of the guys on? Uh, uh, we can get to that in the next next topic, actually. Yeah. But, uh, that, was, that was another Metroid tidbit for, right. for this week. That's a good segue. Let's move on to the next topic. Uh, while I was gone, apparently all hell broke loose on the internet. Yeah. I uh, had no clue. I was completely disconnected for like four days. I get back, and one of the first texts I get when I get back is from you saying, like, NeoGAF is over. <laughs> NeoGAF has collapsed in on itself yeah, like, it's a, imploded. like a plan in a cupboard. And, uh, and I, usually I phrase my, like, Hey, this news is crazy. Text to Shane with like, 
with the in, with the tone or the in, 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 in inflection that I assume you know about it already. Yeah. And this is like the first time in years you didn't know about it already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because running sifted, you know right. about everything that's going on, stuff you probably don't even want to know about. And this, I had no clue about whatsoever. Do you want to give a brief synopsis of what happened? Um, basically, uh, and it's, some of it's still fuzzy because I haven't found like uh, you know a bunch of consistent reports. But basically, the guy who owns uh, NeoGaf and has always owned NeoGaf uh, goes by Evil Lore. Uh, was called out by a woman uh, as having basically uh, it was part of that kind of hashtag Me Too thing about sexual assault. And she said that while they were in New Orleans traveling together, he she was sick in the shower from being too drunk, and he jumped in naked without being invited or asking about it. And she was like, "What the hell?" And like, and like he was just like, "Oh," and like kind of let like it was just sort of like a really awkward moment, awkward moment. And like it's like one of those things like if you're gonna jump naked in the in the shower with someone you don't have an existing sexual relationship with. You know, ask. Yeah. <laughs> ask first. But basically, um, this was bubbling up, and um, instead of, like, addressing it, I guess there was, like, he was just trying to shut everything down about it, and people were harassing and attacking the mods uh, on NeoGAF about it. And finally, on Friday, I think it was, or the day before, like, the mods basically left. Like, like the, 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 the core mod staff just up and quit. Uh, including people who've been on the site for years and years and years, it was, a, and so the whole thing was the whole site was just unmoderated. It was just it was it was chaos, and people were just running in and everything. And finally, they shut. He shut the whole thing down, and brought it back a couple days, like on Monday, I think, with no off-topic section. So you weren't allowed. Why? To, because that because, is that what started the whole? No, the idea was that you're not allowed to talk politics anymore. And instead of addressing the idea that he has had, you know, he has had a uh, by his own blogging admissions. A, a sketchy history of how he treats women in certain situations. Uh, a lot of some, there's been some ass grabbing. Uh, there's been stuff like that, and uh, that he's admitted to. Oh yeah, that he. I mean, he kind of bragged about it, basically, uh, about how like I grabbed her ass to show that I wasn't a pushover or whatever, oh, and it was just like, okay, bro. <laughs> and then when people would call him out for that, that he'd ban them. And so it basically, like, the moderation staff on NeoGAF was actually pretty on the ball for the most part in terms of following the rules, but he sometimes had a tendency to, you know, do not question the Lord and Master kind of thing. Uh, and so really the, a lot of the, the vitriol on this did not, it didn't necessarily come, I mean, it did come from the fact that there's a, there was a culture on GAF that just did not accept kind of sexual harassment as a thing and the fact that the person who owned it was doing stuff like that, and uh, the, the ad revenue from visiting the site was giving him money. Was people a lot of people left giving the site him for a that. lot of money? Yeah, he was. He's doing all right, I think. So it was a, something like seven million unique page views a day. It's, he, it's uh, or something. The last time the information leaked out, and it was years ago. He was making six hundred thousand dollars a year off NeoGAF. Not bad. To do nothing. Yeah, to just have it. To do nothing. He claimed a few years ago that he was offered ten million dollars for it, uh, yeah. which doesn't seem like a crazy amount of money considering the traffic. No, that's what you should getting. be offered. Yeah. I mean, that's typically how it works. If you do the math and he's making half a million yeah. a year, that's the kind of offer you would get mm -hmm. to sell it. Um, so basically, that whole kind of side of things evacuated, and it only got worse when he decided to shut off Topic Down. Basically, his solution was not to address the issue. It was to say, you guys can't talk about it anymore. Wasn't his big problem that he didn't address it for several days? Yeah. And that because that was why the mods were starting to that get harassed. That seems to be where he no really reaction. screwed up. Yeah, I just I think because he looked his mods out to dry. Yeah, it's 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 you know, and, and in part it's like you know the the element of 
you know, Gaff had a hard, had a culture of being hardline, you know, anti-sexual harassment, you know, no tolerance on that. And people, there's people that don't like that. You know, there's people, uh, uh they wanted sexually harassed. I mean, look, man, right now, <laughs> right now, because a lot of the wow. people that were, you know, that were advocates of that kind of thing and advocates of, of treating minorities with respect and women with respect have left and started a new site. And so now there's a lot of a lot of the content on Gaff right now because they have reopened off topic and everything because of outcry over it and are slowly restoring old threads and because so, they lost a lot of their community threads and like things that had existed for years like threads had been in, active for years with hundreds of thousands of posts right and but there's a lot of people right now they're sort of posting kind of dancing a jig about how haha we can be mean to, to minorities and women again we got rid like, so <laughs> we got rid of the the SJWs basically <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh... I don't really have any sympathy for him, to be perfectly honest no, with you. No, I don't. I I feel like I can't. I cannot. The, thi- the things he's accused of, like if those are, th- you know, obvi- obviously, like you know, I guess she could be lying. I don't think she is, because why would she? But like, even if she is, that's completely irrelevant. Right. Well, there's I've also never... a body of work to it, where like, even if right. she is lying, and I don't think she is, there's enough evidence of how he conducts himself in those subject matter in that subject matter that he's probably someone i don't want in my kitchen it's not even just that i mean that bothers me that he has a history of doing this stuff but the truth of the matter is is that i have never ever had a good interaction with that guy Every oh yeah you time... do you do have a history with him but I, I don't though it's like i haven't i literally have gone to neogaf two days probably in the last four years but he always seems to show up when you post oh i know I don't get it, dude. And he comes in and just says, like, the most mean, insensitive crap. It's like, I don't know what it is. But every time I've ever had an interaction with that guy, it's been the worst. He has been, like, the biggest jerk, the most conceited. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, dude, what are you so conceited over? You're using a free message board, like, app. You just, you, dude, you struck gold. Appreciate it. Like, instead of being this smug, like, oh, I did something great, you didn't do anything, dude. You took free message boards and put them someplace, and Sam Kennedy is the one that actually got everybody to come there, and then he didn't want to do it anymore, and you ended up reaping the rewards of it. Like, I have no sympathy for that Mm. guy. Like, I I don't even really know much about this story. I just feel like, and I don't even believe in karma, I think this is one of those cases where karma finally came a-calling. Well, I think it's just more like you do that long enough, someone's going to call you out on it. Right. You know, and... It has been shocking, by the way, to see this whole Me Too thing. Holy cow. I don't find it shocking at all. I mean, look, I knew it was bad, but not that bad. I mean... that bad. Wow. Oh, yeah. Holy cow. (laughs) It's crazy, dude. It's like a point where if if you were ever a supervisor and you didn't sexually harass people, and you're a male... You are in, like, the vast minority, it appears. Um, you might not be wrong. <laughs> Holy cow! It's it's really been mind-blowing to it see. It happens a lot. Yeah. Like, Unless, I had no idea. Not, not remotely limited to Hollywood. I mean, it comes out of the Weinstein thing, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think... I think Hollywood has a, a much larger culture of just don't say anything about it... Yeah. ...than a lot of other industries, because there's that element of... You know, you can you know you'll never work in this town again. That kind of idea, yeah. which is clearly in play when you're dealing with people as powerful as Harvey Weinstein, um, and was by people who tell the, the story. And you've still got people that are kind of you know reticently, you know, trying to act like they don't know, didn't know about it. And then like there's other people who are you know, like the guy who wrote uh, a bunch of stuff for him, 
the screenwriter who was, I can't remember, who's basically like everyone knew. Everyone fucking knew. Well, and, everyone knew about Weinstein, yeah. Yeah, and like, uh, and even Quentin, Quentin Tarantino, I think, had a decent response where he's like, yeah, I didn't do anything. I'm a, I, I, I screwed up. I screwed it up. I should have. I'm a knob. Yeah. Um, Kevin Smith, uh, you know, had a pretty good response to it. Um, but it's like, you know, it's everywhere. And that was kind of where the Me Too thing came from. It's crazy. And, it really uh, is. Yeah, like my Facebook feed, oh, I was yeah. like, wow. Oh, like, yeah. every woman I know has been sexually mm-hmm. harassed. Like, every one. Mm-hmm. It's really mind-blowing. But anyway, back on to the topic of games and NeoGAF. It is interesting to think about. You always... You look at something like NeoGAF, you think it's just invincible. Yeah, you're mon- like, monolithic. You're be, like, it's going to be there forever. There's no stopping it. There's no way anybody could come in and do anything to topple it. And boom. <laughs> just like that. Yeah. And I mean, it's still, I mean, obviously it's still there. If you go there now, the, you know, this both gaming and off topic are open. The community sections are open. Stuff is slowly being restored. There's a thread. Like, basically, there's a thread if you have an old off-topic thread that you want to be brought back, and you can remember the exact title of it. Oh, wow. They can resurrect it. Uh-huh. Um, but a lot of people don't remember the exact title of things. You know, like, so So it's an ongoing process. It just, it really, I think it got as bad as it did because he just handled it the Poorly. exact wrong way. Yeah. The absolutely worst imaginable way. I've never seen him handle anything in the right way. Yeah, I, to be I met, I met him you. once. In, uh, at a party at E3, and uh, I wish I had a story to tell you, but I don't really remember anything I, t- I talked about. <laughs> like it, was, it was just another yeah. guy I met. I think I would have a much more positive impression of that guy if he didn't take all the money he made and and kept it. Mm. He doesn't invest any of that money he makes back in a NeoGAF. It is still that same crappy <laughs> bulletin board forum he, it still goes down when there's big news or at E3. It's like, dude, you're the making... Miss. I mean... It went down like a rock. For like 12 hours, it was not accessible. And then it's and, you know, it's ironic. And then, you know, when they talk about Sifted on there and, like, all the gaffers come after me and saying, oh, you did this wrong. I'm like, dude, you're on NeoGAF. <laughs> and you're complaining about some little dinky thing on my freaking website? Like, what? Like, that makes no sense whatsoever. So... It's interesting. I wonder too if like the toxic people on GAF are the ones who are still there. A lot of them. Because yeah, the thing like is, it. that GAF is actually full of awesome people. Yeah, well, a lot of those people have left. They're though. just right, but they're just like lurkers right. or whatever. They well, don't also post. like there's a lot of people that a lot of the posters that have been there for a long time and like kind of create the content. You know, like the really good official topics for the yeah. games and something. You know, and or SUNY Legend who does the best gifts. Uh, probably uh, he he he's one of the he's the gift whisperer basically the gift giver he uh, yeah he, <laughs> the gifter during during E3 he does all those crazy huge gifts and stuff he's the one who did that amazing one from uh, one of the Sony press conferences years ago where he it was like it was from a Mission Impossible and it was like Steve Ballmer and and uh, Don Matrick like sh- like uh, shooting uh, um, Kazurai. And then, like, Balmer leans leans down and pulls the fake mask off, and he's accidentally shot Don Matrick. And, like, and, <laughs> yeah, then, and then it just cuts to Tom Cruise that, with, yeah. with like, pulling off the thing and his Kazurai's face underneath, and, like, the Sony logo comes up, and it's just, like, not canceled. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I mean, it's, 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 like, incredible work, and, like, that, that, the person who did that is gone now. Yeah. And it's just, like, that kind of thing is not going to be felt immediately, but, like, the, the culture there is definitely going to change, and there are people that are going to th- consider that good because they want something... That is uh, less heavily moderated and, and less about not being a dick to each other. 
uh, which has been a big, th- which is which really is so ironic because which seems is, like everybody there is dicks to other people already. Somewhat. I can't imagine what it would be like now. Well, I think it's just going to get worse. <laughs> there is a rule. On, there has been a rule. On I don't Gaff know how for, that's possible. Well, there's been a rule on Gaff for a long time, but no, you can't directly insult someone in in a response to them. And what? I got I got banned once for that for. Uh, uh, for insulting, uh, I can't remember. It's the guy who does the guy who's obsessed with James Cameron, and uh, I I got a little nasty about it. I can't remember a time where my name appeared on Gaff where I was not insulted by somebody, and usually <laughs> by like five or six of them. And it's the same five or six guys, but still, anytime my name is brought up there, here they come, ding ding ding, and I know who they are because I've blacklisted them or whatever, so their posts always appear empty, and so. It'll be empty posts, and then someone reply to them and say, "Bro, like, what the hell?" And I, it's the same guys like every freaking time. They never get banned. Yeah. Well, you got to report them. Oh, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care enough to report them. Well, that's but... the key. I, I got reported. <laughs> oh, wow. That's crazy. Did it's... you did you deserve it? No. No. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but I mean, I deserved. Well, it there's a difference between being right and deserving. I deserved it in the sense that it was against the TOS. Like I knew it was coming. So you um, did deserve it. I was. It was. It was one of the things where I'm just like, all right, I'll take. The, I'll take the heat on that one in exchange yeah. for being able to say what I want to say. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, I've, I've obviously had a more positive experience there than I think you have. Although yeah. mainly, I, I just read stuff. Well, back in the day, Gaff was fine. Well, I was just a gamer, and I was well, also before, a young journalist. Before and... Sifted, it was the fastest way to get news. Yeah. I mean, they're real quick. Yeah, I mean, I'm, that's sure. another question: Is that going to be still true? Right. Are the people that do those posts and get that stuff there fast, are they gone now? Like, we don't know yet. Well, it's interesting. It's like, um, I saw a lot of people, I, I did read up, like, a little bit about it, and I saw some people were saying, well, we want to go someplace where there's, like, good moderation and people aren't allowed to be jerks. And I'm like, well, <laughs> we've been doing this for, like, two and a half years. That was our mantra when we started the whole website. They're like, well, let's go start some new thing. And I'm like, bro, there's already something built. Like, I don't get it, but... And one of the people who has jumped over to build that new website is someone who has worked for Sifted in the past, mm. and someone who recently reached out to us and asked if we had any work. Anyway, life is cray. Do you really want that kind of exodus? Well, what do you mean? Like like ref- like thousands of refugees coming in to post on the boards as basic members? Yeah, if they're good people, for sure. Mm. And it sounds like they are the good people from Gaff that are leaving. Yeah, in theory, yeah. I mean, our moderators are used to doing type moderation and everything. It'd be great. Like, I think I think the the exodus creating. And I will put the money back in the website. Right. Well, I think the exodus creating the the new forum website is just in the Gaff DNA, though, because yeah. that's where NeoGaff comes from. Is the Gaming Age forum is shutting down and sort of moving that community to this new place. And right. I, I think that was just an obvious choice for them when the exodus here happened. Here's the big secret about Sifted. Sifted is just a really fancy forum. <laughs> That's really all it is. Yeah. When we curate something, we're just creating a topic for people to discuss. But whatever. All right. Let's move on to our last topic. Oh, and actually, I didn't bring up the thing I mentioned before. Uh, one of the guys who left, one of the, the long-standing posters that left, said basically posted his last thread was like, I've given you hints to like Nintendo stuff. Like in threads for years and almost no one ever figures it out <laughs> so here's the last few things i know that's about to happen and one of the things he said that's was great. one of the things he said was um metroid prime 4 has a subtitle that everyone will be like oh uh, you know a subtitle you know Interesting. and the first footage and reveal of it will be in the january direct 
Wow. And um, so my my guess is it's Metroid Prime 4 Dread. Ah, uh, that makes too much sense. Yep. That's been banging around for, what, yeah, 10 years, long, Metroid long Dread? Time, yeah. That's a Matt Casamassina rumor. Yeah. That was, that was like early <laughs> that DS That is the days. old school yeah. stuff right there. That's crazy. Because that was like basically rumor, the rumored follow-up to Fusion. Yeah. And then Zero was, Mission yeah. happened. Yeah, here, here's a fun fact. We almost did not even create a forum for Sifted. Because I looked at it, I'm like, it's redundant. Like, why do we need mm. a forum when that's pretty much what the whole website is, is a, is a self-sort of sorting forum for users. So let's move on to the last, and in my opinion, the biggest and best topic of episode 107, Super Mario Odyssey. Okay. <laughs> so, before we started the show today, Matt shared with me that he is not enthused about Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, not on the level of some of the other stuff I'm playing right now. Um, I do like it a lot, and I think it has the most visual imagination of a Mario game since Galaxy, for sure. Um, and it, it does... The thing I really I like the most about Mario Odyssey is it does a bunch of stuff and has a bunch of environments and a bunch of scenarios that are distinctly not Mario-esque, but somehow fit. You know what I mean? Like, there's a bunch of stuff in here you've never seen in a Mario game, but at no point does it feel like you're not playing a Mario game. You know, like they... Well, I think they accomplish that very easily. It's by keeping the same controls. Well, yes, but I mean in, the, in terms of, like, how suddenly there's a jungle and there's a, uh, a prehistoric forest with a dinosaur that they put a lot of effort into the character model of and you only use for about five seconds, um, which I thought was odd. Uh, a city area, like just stuff that doesn't really exist in Mario until now. And it all works. It all fits. Like, it, it expands the world of Mario in a way that um, I really didn't necessarily think Mario would ever do. And I think that's kind of neat. I've only played... A few hours of this and let me tell you right now my right eye is watering like crazy it will not stop and the reason my right eye is watering like crazy is because of this game <laughs> I, did mario poke you no i did not go to sleep <laughs> last night because i played this video game i literally like i got back i've been rushing through all the games to talk about in today's show and i finally got this one nintendo here's another thing i should mention by the way so Influencers, YouTubers, totally screwed me. Game changers. Yeah, the game changers. So, apparently, some influencer, YouTuber, whatever, leaked Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga's ROM onto the Pirate Bay websites or whatever, mm -hmm. and dipshit didn't realize that Nintendo fingerprints the code right. and all those things, and so they instantly knew who it was. So, Nintendo... So instead of just not sending him another one... I did not get the game until they didn't send anyone 9 except p.m. The on the nose last night. I get the email with the code. And they did send it to other people, though. They sent it to the big outlets, yeah. Yeah, but they didn't send it to, like, the smaller guys mm -hmm. like us. So I didn't get it till 9 o'clock last night. I was trucking through these other games um, and so and getting ready for today and working on all the changes for Game Face. Finally wrapped all that stuff up at, like, 1 in the morning. And I'm like, all right, I'll play this for an hour. And just so I have, like, a frame of reference for the show tomorrow. And originally, we were going to do the show at 1 o'clock. You had a conflict. We couldn't do it then. And so I'm like, I need at least an hour with this game. Uh. I started playing. I could not stop, dude. I, I, I've only played three hours. I freaking love this game. 
I absolutely love Super Mario Odyssey. I, from what I've experienced so far, I love everything about it. I love Cappy. I love how you have the fundamentals, all the controls and the moves that you've had since Super Mario 64. But then Cappy, it's so dumb, first of all. I don't like the concept of just throw a cap at something and suddenly you can control it. But whatever, that's just a means to an awesome end. And that awesome end is just giving you the ability to play as almost anything. And the one thing that Nintendo is so good at is just nailing the feel of controlling something. Whatever it is. And like everything that I've taken control of with that stupid ass cap, I have absolutely had a blast controlling. Um, and it just opens up the game unlike any other 3D Mario ever. Just giving him the ability to just turn anything into a playable character. It reminds me a little bit of, uh, do you remember the N64 game Space Station Silicon Valley? Yeah. Concept the same, execution nowhere near as good as this. But I, I played Space Station Silicon Valley. That was a DMA game, right? Yep. Early Rockstar. That, that was like their last thing before they GTA changed. 3. And uh, I liked the concept of that game so much that I ended up playing it all the way through. The mechanics weren't great, but... And you couldn't complete it. Right. 100%. Yeah, it was like broken. It was a bug. It was broken. I actually have a ROM of that game, like one of those crazy N64 ROMs that are like that mm. long. I don't know how I ended up with it, but somehow I did. But anyway... This game is like Space Station Silicon Valley's like wet dream. It, it, it lets you play in so many different things, and it all feels so good and so right. All the levels are balanced to make use of it. Uh, I just feel like the flexibility that that dumb cap has given to this game just changes everything, while still giving you those, those fundamentals. And to me, 3D Mario's controls are the best 3D controls in the world. Like, I just never feel more connected to a character through a controller than I do when I'm playing a 3D Mario game. And it's there. It, it took me 10 or 15 minutes of fiddling around with the controls to get to just nail it and just feel like I was playing Super Mario 64 all over again. Um, I, I'm dead tired right now. My eyes watering. And when this show is over, I cannot wait to go home to play this game. Um... I'm not quite as enthused by it. I think it's um, it's really good. It is not grabbing me the way Zelda did. Uh, wow. See, I like this way more than Zelda already. I think this is not on the same level as Zelda for me. Zelda is... and I'm, I'm more of an open-world exploration person. That makes sense, yeah. Um, I like, you know, kind of the sword combat thing. I mean, Zelda is more my thing. My favorite Nintendo franchises are Zelda and Metroid. Like, head and shoulders above everything. I'm not a huge Mario fan. I find Mario... Mostly just sort of weird and creepy, uh, which doesn't seem to be doesn't seem. <laughs> no, to be, I would agree with that. But it doesn't seem to be. Yeah, I was creepy. gonna say it doesn't seem to be like a thing that is a very controversial statement because if you look at Mario fan art, it's weird and creepy. Like mm -hmm. clearly, this is something. I mean, the whole people, concept of it is right. weird. Yeah. But clearly, something people that the fans of Mario love, and I just find it kind of off-putting. Um, the thing about this game to me is that the cap thing is a cool mechanic that I don't think belongs in a Mario game. I don't want to play as a dinosaur. I don't want to play as a weird, growy thing that flips over things. I want to play as Mario. <laughs> yeah. In fact, my favorite part of the game so far <coughs> is it was a ways in, but there's a point at which the, the ship, your little, your little hat ship, crashes, 
and uh, Cappy gets kidnapped, and you have to Mario platform without the Cap abilities to get up and rescue him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is great. That was like, like your favorite like, part. I'm playing Mario. <laughs> In the same way that Super Mario Sunshine, my favorite parts were the bits where you just played the pure Mario platform with no blood. flood. Yeah. Um, because that's what I want out of a Mario game, because that's what Mario 64 is. It's also more what Mario Galaxy is. Yeah. Um, I feel Mario Galaxy is a pure Mario game in terms of what I want from a Mario game. Um, this game apparently is gigantic. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, so I think by the end, you're going to get your fill of just the Mario stuff. Somewhat, but it's just like right now, I mean, I, I got about 100 moons uh, right now. I'm, I, Out of 900. I'm 900 something. More than 900, I think. Now, uh, you were talking before the show, and this is something I completely agree with, that mm-hmm. you feel like there are so many moons that it lessens the reward Yes. The sense of satisfaction that you get when you were getting stars or other objects in yes. prior Mario games. Like, I, I love... And I agree with that. <laughs> like, Mario 64 and those games, I love the whole... Hey, Sam, let's switch over to... You game. gotta, you kind of, you, you gotta find your way to... The, like, you get little hints or whatever, you gotta get to the stars. It's usually, like, basically, there's like a level within a level, right? And in this game, uh, the moons are freaking everywhere. Like, you're constantly picking them up. Like, and Well, I, I booted this up. It's so funny. Before you showed up, I booted this up to get everything set up. Yeah, there's one right there. Where? Straight ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, I, bo- I booted the game up and literally turned the camera around, and there was one just sitting on top of a rock. Yeah. And I was like, what? I'm like, and that's not... And it's like not... It, it, there's, the satisfaction of finding them is just not there, and there's nothing else to find is the problem I have with that. Is like, Although I do like searching out the purple coins. Like Each, each kingdom has purple coin currency that can only be used there to buy special outfits and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and the outfits are great. Like, there's a lot of really cool stuff you can dress Mario up in, which is not really something I ever thought I wanted from Mario, but apparently it was. I would like to put, I get up there? Uh, I would like to put Mario in different outfits, apparently. <laughs> um, around the other side. Oh, you mean up, up, uh, How do up there? Um, you probably need to use the dinosaur. But um, I can't activate him yet. Oh, uh, you can cap, cap the cap the chain chomp and uh, swing him into the uh, into that rock there, into the fossil rock that can be destroyed. Um, but it's just like like there's another level where I found a little kind of uh, um, little secret secret place. There he goes, a pipe. Little secret place uh, in the back, and there's a little there's a there's a square with like a golden square with a um, with a keyhole. And I had to find the key, so I had to get a, one of the creatures and use their, their ability to find the key. I find the key, and the keyhole opens, and it's a moon. And I'm like, I just got a moon <laughs> by butt-stomping a mound. Yeah. You know, it's like there's no variation in what I work for to get. And it's, it just feels... It feels very... It just, it, I don't know. I, don't know. It just, I, I always love kind of the, the shine-get triumph of finding these the, the, the stars and stuff, and I feel like they've sort of cheapened it in this. Well, it feels like maybe the moon should have been some other sort of collectible, yeah. and then still maybe have the stars or something where you actually feel like you did something yeah. to get Yeah, well, it's them. Like, like when you beat bosses and stuff, you get uh, multi-moons or whatever, where you it's like three in a pack or whatever. Yeah, that feels, I got... That feels good. Like, that feels like a good accomplishment to me. Like, that feels like when you got a star in the old games. And the boss battles are really good. I, I those those feel good. I've only fought three bosses, and they were all so easy. They're real easy, but they feel good. You know, like the landing yeah. on their heads has a good kind of you know, in the same way that uh, Mario Galaxy did when you fought bosses. Um, I just I just don't like. What do I have to do to wake up the dinosaur? Throw your cap at him. That's it. 
Have you played oh, this I game? Control him. <laughs> I just started. You throw the cap at everything. Like, that's all. There's even sections where the the, the, the piranha plants uh, spit venom now that stains the, the ground with purple, and you throw the, the cap at them at the and it cleans the venom like uh, like a um, like a splatoon thing basically. Like somebody at Nintendo, Miyamoto must be really in love with the idea of cleaning up goo. <laughs> I don't know where that. Came. I don't want to go there. <laughs> it feels good to be able to kill the chomps. Yeah, and uh, I do like the mustache on the dinosaur. Wait, <laughs> that's funny. I don't know. As I've said a million times on this show, I'm a gameplay first guy, and the gameplay in this game just feels so freaking good. Yeah, I see. I, I'm not even totally on board with that. Like, I think the. Uh... Like the waggle is too heavy on this for me. Like the, you have to you have to wiggle the controller to throw the hat up and to throw it down and to throw it in a circular move. Um, there's no just button option for that. I, I feel a little constrained. I, I, and I, you can't turn off the uh, the motion controls. Yeah, I don't know if that gives you the button options for the moves you would lose though. Wait. Let's see. It doesn't say what it does. No, they don't tell you anything here. I don't know. I haven't really been using motion controls. Well, later on, you, you have to start doing it more. Uh, so, I don't know. Can you still do the wiggle, the, the, the spin move? These I like a lot. Too. Well, no, you can't do it in the 2D version. These I like a lot, the 2D stuff. I already finished this, actually. I need I also... to find the last moon to activate that mm. device. Oh, there's more than enough moon. They're all, they're all over the place. Well, I just picked up two of them. Yeah. And it wouldn't, it didn't do anything. So here's a good place to use that spin move. I don't know if you still have it with the motion With control. the flowers? Uh, yeah. Nope. Well, you, you're using the, the, the up and down one. So spin it, shake it sideways. Yeah, there it is. There it is. So the motion controls are still there. So what do you yeah. turn off? Yeah, I don't know what I turned off. Maybe it's just like motion controlled aiming or something? Maybe? I haven't, I haven't run into that if it is. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm certainly not bagging on it, but like, uh, it's not, uh, it's not the, the, oh my god, this is, this is what I've been waiting for this series to do that Zelda was. Um, and maybe that's not fair, because Mario didn't need to be reinvented, whereas Zelda kind of did, but, uh, there you are. I don't know. It's pretty different, man. <laughs> like, yeah, but I don't find the different to be a, a huge positive in this case. Like, I don't... I mean, this is just, like, kind of not... It's very rare, I guess, in some ways. It's you mean, more, like, the developer rare? Yeah. Like, the like the kind of uh, taking control of other things and switching characters constantly. Yeah, it's a little Banjo-ish. You take control of like a refrigerator or whatever. I think the main the right like right now the main appeal of this game for me is. Um, so I like this because it's like play and pull. Right. You can actually hit like the angles. Yeah, right now the main appeal of this for me is um, the environments, and I mean there's some there's some ugly textures here and there, but like the environments are very different, and they're not just different because like oh this one's green, this one's white. You are doing very different environmental things, even without the taking control of characters thing. The way you have to navigate... See, here I have to, like, play a combo. Yeah. The way you have to navigate the uh, the worlds uh, changes based on which 
environment you're in, and that's a really good that's a really good way to approach it. I just think what I've already seen from this game is just the creativity in it is already like bet more than any game I played this year. I just I, everything is I mean, just like like everything else in this game. I've I've only played three hours of it. And I've already seen more ideas in like three hours than I've unique ideas than I've seen in games I played for forty hours this year. I guess, but like I guess the the thing that gets me is that despite those unique ideas, the end result of every unique idea is getting one of those stupid moons. See that that is something that I feel like I have argued against for a long time with three D platformers. People always call them like collectathons. They're like, but you're just getting bananas. Or you're just getting this. It's like. I never really thought about what I got at the end. I thought about what I had to get to do to get there to get it. It's like, people are like, oh, you just get another feather. It's like, no, but look at what you did to get that feather. That's yeah, I, the I, difference to me. I just think it's, uh, right. at least right now, it may change because Mario games, certainly in the modern era, have a tendency to open up and get crazy difficult or crazy complex later. Um, right now, I feel like everything I do to get a moon is too simple and too quick. I'm just at the beginning of the game, so everything is simple. And yeah, well, quick. It, does, it doesn't. It doesn't really get any different, even a few kingdoms in from here. Really? Um, I, I don't find, with, with a few exceptions. I mean, I, the second, the next kingdom, or the kingdom after, I, I mean, without even trying, after about twenty minutes, I had like thirty moons. I mean, it was, it was just, it's, they just fall into your lap, like, and there's no. Like, there's no satisfaction from that. For, for no, I, I agree. I mean, it does mute the impact of, of getting a star mm. or whatever. And I, I, th I think because I'm not as much of a, a Mario fan, if the gameplay, as you say, wasn't as tight and responsive, I would have quit by now. Wow. Um, but it is fun to just move around in the game, like you say. So, uh, while I may not be kind of as enamored of it, it is... Fun enough to simply play from moment. To, I guess it's kind of the Destiny thing in reverse, where like the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay is fun enough that I don't mind that I feel like a lot of what I'm doing is pointless. And it's not pointless because the moons get you to the next level, obviously. But I just it, it's well. The so... point is having fun playing video games. That's the point. Yeah, I just I I have at least more... for me, that's why I play games to be moved by playing them, and I have fun playing Mario games, mm -hmm. particularly 3D Mario games. I'm just I'm having more fun exploring ancient Egypt right now. I guess that's really the, like it's just what you want out of something, and that could be maybe because the ancient Egypt exploration reminds me more of my other two favorite games in recent times, which is Horizon and Zelda. Yeah, you know, I'm just I'm just a run around and and look at shit person, maybe, as opposed to you are a more a jump on things and control stuff person. Yeah, um, yeah, the controls in this series have always been top notch. I I will say that I would like. I would like like nice print posters of some of the worlds in this game, like not. Well, I mean, they're the kingdoms, they're not worlds. I'm thinking Mario Galaxy, but like just that that kind of vista with the the hill and the Triceratops statue on top of it. Like it's beautiful. Like that's they have some of the best environment ideas in this game that Nintendo's ever had. I think. And it's you haven't even seen many of them yet. I, yeah. mean, the, I mean, the first few you've already seen because you you've seen the marketing and you've seen right. this stuff. But there's people I know have gone on blackout. I really haven't been paying a lot of attention, so really the only levels I'd seen were probably this, that one and the one you're about to go to, which is the, the, the desert one that they showed at E3. Yeah. Which is still pretty... Look, you, the only thing I've noticed about this game, at least as far as the controls are concerned, is I've had problems being able to do the side flip. Where you run one direction, hit back the other direction and jump, and he does like that kind of almost like a cartwheel yeah. flip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had um, problems pulling that off. I've had sort of problems with that, but it's more because I think he needs to be going a certain speed, and I haven't quite figured out what that is. Well, that yet. could be. Um, Everything else, though, I managed to pick it up like right away. And well, get it's right all the back same stuff, really. 
except for the spin thing. Like, I don't know what that's for yet, but you can make him spin by circling the L, the L uh, stick. Oh, really? Yeah, he'll like kind of start spinning and put his arms out. And I don't actually know what that's for. If you look at basic actions, it, it shows it. Uh, the, the one where he's kind of got his hands out like a ballerina. Yeah, I wonder what that's for. I don't know. I think that might damage enemies. Maybe maybe that hits people. Huh. I don't know. They keep showing this action guide. Yeah, they love the action guide. <laughs> it's like... It's because they want to make sure... Because it doesn't come with a manual. Right. So. But it's so simple. It's like... And that's the other reason I like it. It's like they give you these very simple tools, mm-hmm. but then they create the environments for you to make the most out of them. Oh, one other thing. I didn't bring this up during Fire Emblem. I forgot. Uh, that I think is great about this game is it feels like you're playing it on a cartridge because you are. Fire Emblem Warriors has load time. It does. You're right. And I'm like, what? Why is there load time on my cartridge? I didn't like, even think about it actually. Yeah, that's funny. It's weird. This this doesn't though. No, not at all. This, this game moves like a bat. This is one of the ugliest levels that I've ever seen in video games. <laughs> by the way, I've seen tons of footage of it from trailers and everything, and mm-hmm. it's just not a pretty level. I do like that this, the the red sand though. I just think the red sand is a nice touch. Maybe that's the no man's sky in me. So what's the difference between the green moons and the yellow moons? Nothing. It's just they're different colors and different levels. Oh. So the moons are different colors in every level? Um, I don't know if they're different colors in every level, but I've seen green ones and pink ones and yellow ones and all over. They, they seem to have a different color on each level. Gotcha. Maybe they might repeat colors later, but I haven't seen a repeat color, I don't think. Am I supposed to talk to that dude? You can. He just tells you it's cold or something. Uh. There's your there's a shop where you can buy your uh, <laughs> your Mexico accoutrement. Yeah, yeah. Costumes seem to be a big part of this game. Oh, there's tons and tons of costumes in the game. What's the point of them though? Uh, well, each each world seems to have a place where you can't get in a doorway unless you're dressed in local attire. Oh, okay. So so the idea so and the, the costumes are bought by the local I have, I have currency. No money, none. Yeah, so you, you have to buy, you have to get the local currency to buy that. And then the other side is regular coin stuff. So that means I should have bought something at the prior world I was at? No, there wasn't. I don't think you could access that yet. He thought that dog in Wolfenstein looked bad. <laughs> Look at that one. Well, at least this one's wearing a hat. <laughs> Touche. And this game will probably not make you shoot that one. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, I do like, my favorite part of the, of the, I mean, again, this is probably giving away my exploration fetish, but my favorite part of the game so far is finding the purple coins. Because um, they're all tucked Because they're away, all yeah. hidden and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you got to figure, you see them, like, and the draw distance is fantastic, and you can see purple coins you don't have on the other side of the damn world. Oh, that's good. And you can, like, even when you're, like, flying around or, like, like in various places, and you can see, oh, I need to get there, and then I can go over there and try to figure out. And don't forget, like, throw your cap at, like, the statues over there and stuff. Like every, the cat does stuff with every. Oh, you gotta jump up and hit it on on the top of the head, but you get some coins out of that. Bust stomp it. No, you gotta cap it. Seemed like I just threw a cap at it, didn't do anything. Jump up and throw it. So why does that make a difference? Because you gotta hit the horns on top of its head. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. There's tons of stuff like that in the game. Throw your cap at. I mean, that's Mario. Everything. That's another thing I love. It's like when you mess around with stuff and just screw around, like. You get all these pleasant surprises. Mm-hmm. Not so much on that one. Nope. <laughs> nope, not at all. And then there's stuff like, so the, the question mark block in the center up there, that's a coin block. 
like, you know, where you jump in a lot. So throw the cap at it and hold the button once you're safe. Okay. And because you, if you if you throw it and hold the button, uh, it uh, it stays in place for a bit. You can, oh. get, you can get like a ton of coins out of it. That'd be really accurate. That's very satisfying. It is, yeah. I mean, that's the way I would describe this game in general. It's just satisfying. It just feels good. Yeah. Like, moment to moment, definitely. And like, my problem is when I step back and think about what I'm doing, and I'm like, hey. Well, yeah, it's Mario is stupid. <laughs> it's like, the whole concept of Mario is just completely absurd, but... Yeah, it's just... Oh, here, yeah, you've seen this part. Can I take over a bill? Yep. Nice. Of course you can. I mean, it seems like you can take over pretty much anything in the game. Yeah, I, I mean, mean that's, most, most major things you can do that. That's pretty awesome. Just imagine the amount of work that went into that. But that's what I love about this series. It's like they respect the player's time. I just, I just That's it. That's it. That is one of my biggest pet peeves about games is when they don't respect the player's time. Mm -hmm. That's why I don't like games like Dark Souls and Bloodborne. They're like... Oh, you got your whole life to try this 50 times. And, and I hate games where if you go all the way down and like some off the beaten path and there's like nothing there. It's like I took the time to try to explore the world that you've created and you've given me no incentive to do it, to do it again. And that's what Mario games are great at. When you actually go off the beaten path or look for something, you always get something. And they kind of clue you in sometimes. They leave like a breadcrumb trail. But, and they tell you whether you should keep going based upon the rewards that you're getting a lot of times. See that? It's just everything about this game just feels so freaking good. Like, I just want to jump on it again. Just the attention to detail and just the way they think about what the player is thinking while they're playing the game and what they're most likely to do and least likely to do. Like, I just feel like this series just absolutely nails it. That was wrong. <laughs> Well, they didn't catch you on that one. <laughs> they did catch me. Those things came up and caught me. You can butt stop that thing. Oh, that's, yeah, you can get a little coin bonus by chaining the, you get the, all of them. the cacti. Oh, he's not wearing his captain's hat. Interesting. Oh, yeah, he changed you, outfits, huh? Usually his outfit is, uh, in the 2D thing, is the same as what he's wearing in 3D. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the, the, there's a 2D version of every outfit in the game. Oh, wow. It's, uh, as far as I've seen, at least. So my only objective was to just get coins from this? No, you gotta get up, up there, on the left. Break the bricks on the left uh. and hop up out. See, that was pretty trippy. How it just, uh, went from 2D to 3D there. It's oh. so slick. Oh, wow. Oh, that's another nice visual touch, is, like, when he takes hits from various things, he will, um, retain a visual... Uh, reminder of it. So, like, if, if you hadn't died there, if you just gotten hit once, he um, he would be burned up from the explosion for a while. And I got hit with a porcupine thing, and I had needles in this, in my nose for like the next. Really? Minutes. Yeah. I don't even know what happened there. You sank. You have to keep jumping. Uh, to keep from sinking into the. Well, there's no lives in this game, so who cares? Yeah, you just lose And that is kind of one thing that I, I'm not a big fan of. Yeah, you just lose ten coins. That's yeah, the, uh... it's like, there's really no punishment for dying, so it's like, I don't even care. Maybe that was her point. I don't, Maybe well, they want people to just experiment and not care well, about yeah, whether they I mean, die or not. You're the one who just, just slagged Dark Souls in comparison, so here's the anti-Dark Souls. Yeah. Well, I think there's a happy medium, too. It's like, 
Yeah, you but don't want to go all one way. Considering what they're after with this game, it makes sense to to ease up on that. I mean, the challenge is getting through the environments, not you know making sure you have enough. You know, and also like in any Mario game of recent years, going back to to uh, you know Galaxy, like did you ever run out of lives? Or did you have dozens the, and dozens yeah, and dozens of lives? Yeah, by the end, I lives. had like 300 yeah. lives. Yeah, so why not just cut out that middleman and let you play? I mean, I, I pretty much agree with that. Like, I see what you're saying, but uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't miss that in this, I don't think. Maybe, maybe it's because I'm just that casual. I mean, <laughs> I did have... No, come on. I mean, I, it does kind of build tension, though. Yeah. Yeah, but like it's like I don't I, feel like any tension playing it. Maybe that's good. Oh, like, hey, I just, look, there's you just broke a the moon thing. in a box. Yeah, just like. a moon in a box. <laughs> At least you got to go get it. Uh, but see, that's what you're saying, though. It's yeah. like when you just give them away like that. Whoa. These are these things that kind of let you see more of the level and sort of see where you need to go. Can it's, I actually fly anywhere with them? No, they're just sort of um, they're sort of to get the lay of the land. And when you when you hit a point where you've gotten tons and tons of pur purple, you're looking for the last few purple coins or. Or uh, or moons, uh, these are very very useful because I think they might actually imp improve the draw distance even. Like how you, do you, I get out of it though? Uh, R R trigger, I think. Uh. Yeah, the R trigger is uh, bailout of any any cap possession. Also, I, I should add that um, they probably wanted to use the bullet bill for that. Uh, just about uh, the, the first time he possesses something in this game is really creepy. <laughs> It's really scary. Like he, uh, like like Mario's soul basically gets sucked out of his body, and he flies through a, a a tunnel full of frog photographs, and suddenly realizes he's another animal. Very weird. Wait, you mean when you become the frog? Yeah, the first time you become the frog. Yeah, I didn't like, notice that. There was like the whole cutscene where he like he like falls through this like like LSD tube, and like there's pictures, <laughs> photos, actual photos of frogs flying past you. <laughs> And then he like looks down and realizes he's a frog. And he's like, oh! And <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, good, a little body horror in the Mario Mario game. That's what we're after. This world seems pretty big. Yeah, it's it's decent sized. Eventually, you can like ride around on a thing that gets you places faster. Also, this is the first Mario game with fast travel, I believe. There's fast travel. You can fast travel to all those flags you're picking up. Oh, really? Yeah. That comes in handy. Yeah, well, these the worlds are pretty big, and like it's way better than having to traverse this stuff over and over and over. And then, of course, you can also use. I think they showed in the uh, like the the directs and stuff that you can you can ride the electrical lines. Yeah, almost like you're uh... like you're a spark of electricity, basically. Uh, I don't think you can do that right now here because the power lines are iced up. Yeah, I tried to jump on them before, and it wouldn't let me. I guess I have to go up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, this feels pretty common 3D Mario. This doesn't feel all that out of the ordinary. Somewhat. I mean, and right now they're kind of like, so you can, you can do the platforming here or you can just possess a bullet bill and fly over. Um, so the op it's more about giving you options right now and like this is this is also whoops oh, bad. and that but that's like good also you can see there that's kind of really good like level design communication there oh there's a, there's a moon there's really just a moon back here I think so yep <laughs> um, like candy I could probably wall jump up here too yeah yeah um, 
like so so you've got those moving platforms that are like okay you can oh there's a no. roof there's a ceiling there oh that's dirty they put a roof in there um, so there's like you know that moving platform there where you're like okay you can jump across it, but then they've got those rings there to teach you that like well if you want these rings and these coins you should possess that bullet bill right yeah so that's that's smart level design there I mean that's these games are like that though man like everything just is so thought out. It's like you don't even realize it at first. You start thinking about it, you're like, oh my god, like they put that there for an exact reason. It takes me a while to get used to uh, being accurate with Cappy. There in, is a. In 3D. I can't remember what it is now, but there's a. You, if you press a button, if you could see it in the action. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't make fun of the whole action yeah, thing. But if, huh? if you throw it and you're not on target, you can hold like like one of the I think the trigger or something, and it'll auto curve it into the nearest target. Oh, really? I can't remember what the actual button is because I don't tend to use so it. So only much. some ice you can blow up. Yeah, little ice you can blow up. Big ice, I guess not. So Matt, if you're a Switch owner. I know you're not as keen on it as, as maybe some others, but do they buy it? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, if you like Mario or platformers or video games, probably. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying it's not like my game of the year or anything. I'm not as enamored of it as. Every, oh, it's way ev too early for me to say. Everyone that. else in the world, apparently. Um, but it is pretty much exactly what I was expecting, and, and it is really good, and it's fun, and I will keep playing it. But I'm gonna go back to ancient Egypt uh, pretty regularly too. That's what I'm saying. Um, I have a feeling that I am going to be ow. hopelessly hooked on this game for like the next. Oh, like, honestly, I'm having many a little, days. I, might, I might be having a little more fun watching you play it than <laughs> playing it myself. Well, I say buy it. Yeah, I don't. If, I mean, if you have a Switch, you should own this game. I, I think that's a very fair thing to say. How about that first year for Switch, man? Good luck in year two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nintendo. Holy cow. Every once in a while, Nintendo, like, every, every, I don't know, 12 or 13 years, you get a Mario, Zelda, and a Metroid in one year, and it's a pretty great year. No Metroid this year, but probably next year. Yeah, a Metroid this year. Well, yeah. The 2D went on 3D. Man, I'll take what I can get. <laughs> well, we get this Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is still coming yeah. out this year. That's a... Darn good year for first year for. A I mean, console. at this point, like I'm willing to admit that that is actually coming out this year. Cause... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we have to give up that argument at this point. Yeah, I mean, it was really just more skepticism to protect me. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It was. I, I didn't want to get your hopes yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. I get it. It was. It wasn't so much. I don't trust Nintendo as much as like I don't want to. I don't want to have that heartbreak. Right. Because I'm looking forward to that game a lot, even though the children are not wearing pants. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what the thing is in RPG JRPGs where everybody's got to wear belts and no pants, but <laughs> that's where we are today. Well, I think you can agree though. If you own a Switch, you should buy this game. Yeah, because there's a lot of people who just own a Switch or maybe had a Wii. I mean, U unless you like hate Mario, who <laughs> who hates that... Mario? Somebody. Some. I'm sure someone out there hates Mario. There's probably a lot of people that do because they just hate Nintendo or whatever. Would I buy a so. Switch for this? Eh, but about, but like I feel like you got Zelda and you got this. Like that's a pretty good get off your ass starting lineup. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, come on. I mean Zelda's gonna run you at 60, 70 hours or more if you really milk it. This, oh. this game probably around the same. I was at one thirty at Zelda when I you know. Wow. I mean I I collected like five hundred of the damn right, Korok right. seeds, yeah. but like I I milk I explored the hell out of that world. I stopped at like fifty hours or something like that. 
I would have kept playing if it hadn't been so tied in with uh, the death of my cat. Uh, um, I that'll need to, do it. But the DLC, I hope, is going to bring me back to that game and, and give me a more of a fresh start on it. Just announced today the DLC is still coming this year. Yeah. So it's not delayed or anything. That I mean, could be end up being one of the best Q4 sellers. Yeah, Zelda's you're right. DLC. You're right. Without a doubt. This, yeah. too, is going to mm-hmm. be a really good seller, I think. Well, I, did you see the pictures of, uh, I think Wario64 put them up where, they're like, where he's like, I wonder which game people are going to buy at midnight tonight. And it was like the, ra- the carts at Best Buy. And it was uh, like there was, a, there was a shelf full of uh, Assassin's Creed. And it was a shelf half full of uh, Wolfensteins for both systems. Uh-huh. And then there was shelf... Shelf separate cart full of Mario, Mario. <laughs> and the other cart, all the shelves were like labeled PlayStation, but they were still full of Mario because they had too yeah. many Marios to put on one cart. Well, I've only played the first couple hours of this game, and I'm already completely and utterly hooked. I can't wait to go home where I can. Oh wait, before we we stop, uh, can you bring the the bring the gameplay back gameplay up? Back Sam? up? Uh, go go back in the game and, and bring up the map, which I think is the minus button. These are great. Uh, this is one thing. All the maps are travel brochures oh. for, for the location. <laughs> you're look at. at them. That's funny. And you can scroll around them and look at them and stuff. These yeah, are all really funny. cool. Like there's a lot of like actual like lore in in them. It's really neat. Mario lore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is one thing. Obviously, with Mario games, if you're into stories, this is not the place to get. Well, your I mean, face. that's pretty much Nintendo in general, isn't it? Yeah. But like everyone's, I mean, like Aonuma's been running rogue in the Zelda world for years, trying to make a timeline happen. But like, they're you know, like you say, they're gameplay first, and everything else can come. This second. this series in particular, and in, yeah, like, Mario really don't specifically. Care. Story, and this is so dumb. It's like they're above the skies, above pre- Princess Peach, and it's like. Bowser wants to marry Peach. Like, what? Yeah, I don't... I mean, okay! <laughs> best not to think about that one too hard. Yeah, for sure. Especially, like, I, it's, like also, like, the, the bad guys you're running, the early bosses, uh, they're his wedding planners. Yeah. And they're all rabbits. And between this and, like, Mario plus rabbits, like, Mario's got a real problem with rabbits this year. Apparently. <laughs> like, I don't know what oh, that what's is. What's going on? All it, right. it almost makes me wonder if originally the rabbits were supposed to be involved in this and somehow, and they just kind of stuck with the rabbit. I doubt that. I doubt. I, mean, I don't think Nintendo will ever bring an outside property into one of its you first party not, games. You would But th- this game does have some references to things that have never been referred to in a mainline Mario game before. Really? Uh, Waluigi is mentioned, like but that's still in the Nintendo universe. Yeah, but he's only been in the sports ish. games until now. Right. But I'm saying this talking is, about he, like this game canonizes Waluigi. I'm fine with that. I like Waluigi. <laughs> He's like the goofiest character ever. Well, that's a great thing about him is like he is the dumbest idea because it's like, well, we need a Luigi version of Wario, and we just, Bleh. and yeah. it's like, and I love that that has somehow caught on to the point that now it's in this. because he just has that goofy voice or whatever, and he's all tall and lanky and weird. <laughs> I like him. All right, it's time for our trailer of the week, folks. I'll give you one guess. Actually, which of the three game Matt you're cheating? You're looking at the rundown. Huh? <laughs> I thought you were trying I'm, to guess what the trailer of the I'm week looking was. At this, I'm looking at the, okay, I'm looking at the chat, and B, Sam asked about the trailer of the week, so I know what it nah, is. No, that's right. He already ruined the surprise. Well, we had also, three you, big you, games to choose from. You pasted on the on the camera oh, and tripod every, every week. Good point. It's actually, it's a lot of times the trailer of the week is omitted from that rundown, oh, yeah. but not this week. We need everything lined up for our new, the new take on Game Face. <laughs> I didn't want anything left to chance, so... Uh, we had three big games to choose from. Oddly enough, I ended up choosing Assassin's Creed Origins Launch Trailer. Get your questions in. Make sure you uh, post them at Sifted Games 
so we can pluck them out of the chat easily. Let's watch it. Your legend, assassin, is spreading. of this world speak of a man who fights without being seen who goes where the gods forbid who kills the wicked and the corrupt you have started in Egypt will change the course of history. We must continue the fight and defend the free will of the people. And no matter how small, our brotherhood is the only hope. That certainly makes the game look pretty exciting. Yeah. I have yet to really feel that excitement actually playing the game. Like it is a slow burn once you start finding some of the areas that have more enemies and more like stuff going on. I think it picks up substantially and there's 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 more tension because staying quiet and stealthy is more of a imperative in in the this Assassin's Creed because if the whole base wakes up, you can't fight them all off. Right. That's so. a good point. Sometimes I would just wake him up on purpose. Yeah, just to, like, like clear Because it's faster. <laughs> it would. Instead of like hunting him down yeah. or whatever and finding him. Unless, that's why I think the, you know, the, one of the problems Assassin's Creed had was they kept having those missions where it had insta-fail if you blew your cover. Yeah. And the reason they had that is because it was too easy to just fight your way through everything. Yeah. And they've kind of removed that in this new one. And as a result, you have a lot more freedom to do things how you want because they don't put those restrictions on you, at least not so far. They, there's, the crutch isn't there. So right. I would always try to do the right thing and play it right. But when the chips were down yeah. and I got to a hard part of the game, I just counter-killed everybody. Right. And also one of the other things I like about it is that so far, there are no optional objectives where they like want you to like, you know, kill three guards with a flying poison dart right, upside right. down while you hang from a ledge kind of thing. Yeah. Which was always just like, don't make me do tricks yeah. to get 100% completion. Don't do that. Well, I think it was Black Flag where they had like the colonels that would stop the count the counter kills, but right. then there, you just had to do like this push move, right? And, and you just then you push them, then you could counter kill them. Yeah. And like they tried to stop it, but they really didn't. All right, let's get to some questions here. With our new setup, we can actually bring the chat up on the screen for you guys. Uh, let's see, we got one from J Reed Vic Seven. He always asks great questions. Uh, with the recent addition of original Xbox backwards compatibility, any chance games can evolve the way they handle licenses or co for car manufacturers, music, etc. 
so they can always be forward compatible going forward? Or will games preservation continue to be left to pirates? Is permanent forward compatibility on consoles? I don't think I've ever heard that phrase before. Forward compatibility mm-hmm. on consoles realistic since it's mostly the norm on PC. Um, I mean, part of the reason things like that have happened is because at the time of the licensing of those things, no one ever imagined that, A, anyone would care that much about backwards compatibility, and B, that things would be popular enough to, to warrant bringing them back later in that regard. Yeah. Um, Licensing deals tend to be much cheaper if they're for a limited amount of time, and often you're more interested in spending the least amount of money to get what you want licensed than you are in trying to preserve what you're doing for you know future generations or whatever. Yeah. But I think the fact that remasters and remakes have become such lucrative business this generation is going to positively impact that going forward because people are going to know that you might be able to release this in five or ten more years again remastered and make money all over again. So you're going to want something in place that gives you the option to bring those songs, that licensed music back, or those licensed characters back. So I think it will get better because of how successful those have been this gen. What I would say is that generally, if things are worth bringing back, they'll find a way to make it happen. Right. So even if there are tricky licenses or whatever, if there's enough financial incentive there, they will do it. They'll right. find a way. And you've seen that happen with, uh, with The Simpsons yep. and with... Uh, even Quantum Leap did that. Yeah. Or if you just look like at the uh, SNES or the NES Classic. Right. It's like there are licensing problems there. Some of them are probably pretty hard to solve because some of those games are old and the licenses have been sloughed off from one company to another. If it's worth it and the game is good enough, which, which will make it ultimately worth it, then they'll mm-hmm. find a way to do it and they'll do it. So, good question though, Jay Reed. Good stuff. Uh... Justin Horman, do you have any thoughts on GameStop's reported PowerPath program where you can rent, trade, pre-owned games out for free as a member? Do you think it will last? Do you think it will be more or less popular than Xbox's Game Pass slash PSN now? So did you hear this story? So, no. you, so GameStop essentially is trying to monetize its catalog of retro games. Mm-hmm. So you can pay $60 and you get six months of service. So basically 10 bucks a month for you to rent games from GameStop. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, they got to do something to counteract that Best Buy Gamers Club thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's probably also kind of direct competition with Redbox. To some yeah. Um, I mean, it's going uh, backwards. It's like, didn't, yeah. didn't Blockbuster learn that lesson for you? Well, Blockbuster never let you pay all the money up front. It didn't do that. It also had a terrible selection. Mm. Stuff was always rented out. The stuff that you really wanted, you could never get. Uh, yeah, well, also, like, in context of GameStop, it would seem to reason that the really good stuff won't really be readily available because people don't want to trade in the good stuff. Right. But people do. Yeah, but after a while. But yeah. it's like, I mean, maybe it's useful if you want to play, like, six-month-old games for free. Or you just want to play a lot of the single-player-only games. Yeah. Because those are the ones that tend to get traded in. Yeah. Um, so that maybe opens up a new market for those games, although the publishers won't make any money off of that. Um, I would be all, all for it if somehow GameStop was kicking some money back to the publishers and the developers. I but... just feel like the selection thing is going to become an issue, like, especially because you're paying that much money up front. And like, so you basically have six months to get what you feel is $60 worth out of what you're renting for free, essentially. Uh, and will that happen? It's a little bit of a crap. There's a reason that rentals back in the day tended to charge you, only charge you money for what you were renting, renting at the time. Yeah. Um, 
And it's like it's not like uh, PlayStation Plus. It's a subscription Plus service, or, basically. Yeah, but it's also not like PlayStation Plus or or Xbox Live, where Xbox Gold, where um, you know you've got other benefits as well as some free games every once in a while. Um, also, those are as long as you keep subscribing, those are you get those games forever. Right. Um, whereas you have to bring your game back to GameStop. But conceivably, you could keep it as long as you want to. You finish yeah. it or whatever. But I mean, you don't get another one. I think where this is really effective is for people in rural areas that don't have Redbox, but they probably mm-hmm. have a GameStop within 10, 15 miles of them at some now, mall or some strip mall. Or The other thing about this is if you're really trying to cash in on retro stuff, it's too bad that they've cleared out all their retro stuff. Cause they've they been trying to, yeah. Yeah, because they don't really have anything going back past the 360 and the I mean, if they had, now. if they had held all that stuff... If you, held, if you held on the PS2 stuff, yeah. The problem is people wouldn't return like the yeah. really good retro stuff. It'd just be dust in the wind. It'd be like, 60 bucks... Whatever, this game's worth 50 bucks, or I don't know. It, it's funny to see a brick-and-mortar store going back to that model, though. But if they, you look at it from GameStop's perspective, it has all this inventory just sitting there doing nothing. So it might as well monetize it, right? Yeah. I'm but, sure their store clerks are like, oh, God, this job was already crappy. Now it's really crappy. Yeah, the question, again, I think, is does anybody want that? Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting because I think it partly to me, and this may be just my bias against GameStop. Uh, it to me, this looks like floundering. It looks like desperately trying to find a new revenue source for a, a model that's failing. It's possible. I mean, it's making more money off of its like tchotchkes and stuff yeah. in its stores than it's making off games. And that's going. It's got bigger problems. But that's. I mean, and that's you know, Universal. So if you go to a Best Buy right now, they have a giant toy section now. Yeah. It wasn't there six it's months the ago. It's the pivot. Yeah. It's the total pivot. They want to sell you the collectibles yep. after you've already bought the game. Um, sorry for your loss, Shane, from the Legacy. Thank you very much. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Activision microtransaction patent, and what would happen if Kirby swallowed Cappy? <laughs> <laughs> what would happen if Kirby swallowed Cappy? Um, hmm. He'd turn into... a Cap. I think he would turn into Mario's cap inside out. <laughs> That's freaking great. That is a great question. <laughs> My brain just went. <laughs> don't, I feel. Don't. I feel like that's a question the next Smash Brothers are going to have to answer. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great question. Uh, the first part of his question, I'm not even sure I know what he's talking about. Thoughts on Activision's microtransaction patent? I didn't hear about that. That I don't know about. No. How do you patent a microtransaction? If you can patent it, micro, Activision will figure it out. Oh yeah, uh, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't, I'm not aware of that story. Seen story. Um, Killzone three ten. Why does everybody hate me? Because your name's Killzone. Yeah, change your name to Horizon <laughs> Zero Dawn. Uh, cheater hater. How are you going to feel when Mario gets a season pass? Yeah. <laughs> What would they give a season pass? I mean, they can't do story DLC for Mario. Yeah, you could do more worlds. Or maybe just create, like, challenge stages or something. Yeah. With time trial stuff. I mean, more kingdoms would be a good option. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think everybody could always use more more Mario worlds, right? Yeah. I can't wait I until bought I that this game on... dialed in, by the way. Once I get into the zone with this game. Um... About this fraternally, I realize I keep pointing over here, and people yeah. are like, "What is Shane pointing at?" Our, our TV the to TV's play games there. is over here. Fraternally asks, "Why is everyone always clowning on Matt Casamassina?" I wasn't clowning on him. I love Matt. <laughs> people do make fun of him. Really? I don't really know why, though. I've never seen someone make fun of Matt. Mm. Matt's like one of my heroes, man. I would never make fun of Matt. He's one of the people that got me into this. Like, 
I started reading. Uh, I don't know. I, I've, the only thing I've seen, I'm, I don't know him. I'm maybe met him once or something. I think uh, there are some people I know that feel he sold out by going to Apple. Oh, which is stupid because That's if you get a job at Apple, you take the job at Apple. No, you got to understand. Matt didn't have to work at IGN anymore. He was one of the OGs there. He's one of the founders. He got paid. Him and like four or five other guys from IGN got paid. Um, and he had done it for a long time. It's like, basically at that point, Pear had already been become like the de facto mm-hmm. like content executive. And I don't think Matt had anywhere else to go. And he had been doing it for a long time. And also what, what Matt he does is the a- original game journalist. Oh, he was the first guy to like break exclusives and get like, he was, had like a scoop, a beat. And he worked it. He was the best Nintendo journalist in the world for years and years. I, I, I remember him doing that where, like, on the IGN side of, of the Nintendo side of IGN and stuff. And I remember there was a point at which I just couldn't take anymore because it was my first real encounter with like the hardline Nintendo fanboyism. Because yeah. he is a hardline Nintendo. Oh fan. yeah, he's a big time Nintendo fan. Um, but he did get the store. I mean, that he that all the segment scoops. of the site was completely different from all the others. Yeah, it was the only real piece yeah. of journalism on the site at the time. And um, look, what he does at Apple is pretty awesome. Yeah. Like, he oh, basically curates the whole story. I don't know why anyone would hate on Matt Casamassina. If they do, they're fools. Because they want to be him. If it weren't for him, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. Um, let's see. A couple more. What's the game that will keep you guys busy till Christmas? I just played it. <laughs> um, I just played it live. Assassin's Creed. A mix of probably Assassin's Creed and uh, Mario. Uh, truth be told, you're probably right, because I'll finish this first, and then I'll probably go back and finish off Assassin's Creed afterwards, yeah. so it technically will be the game that right. will keep me busy till well, Christmas. Well, then also, I mean, do do not discount the possibility that Xenoblade will just suck me in and not Well, there's just go, tons of, there's cause... still tons of games. This is only October. Yeah. I mean, we're getting ready to go to November, and November is the busiest of month of them all, so... We're just getting warmed up. This is a this is a really good October, but we're just getting started. There's a lot more to come. All right, one more question, and we got to go. Um, Super Cordon Blue. Do you think Nintendo could be the company to really bring VR AR to the masses like they did with Wii? Could VR AR be Nintendo's third pillar or second once 3DS runs its course? No. No, I don't think Nintendo's <laughs> into that. I don't think Nintendo cares about it. No. At all. Also because VR, I think, is going to require a much bigger like, collaboration effort than Nintendo's interested in doing. Yeah. Nintendo wants to do their own thing and kind of kick it Nintendo style. And well, they, they did do it first. I mean, they, with the Virtual Boy, they tried. It right. failed. But, but Nintendo, in this case, is sitting back and watching everybody else blow their money. Yeah. Also, Nintendo, I mean, by Reggie's own admission, the, what they wanted to do with the Virtual Boy basically became uh, uh, the 3DS. Yeah. Like, the, the the point of Virtual Boy wasn't virtual reality so much as 3D. 3D. Yeah. So I think they've done that. And I, I don't see them really caring too much about... If, if, if virtual reality gets brought to the masses, I think it's going to be something like that Oculus standalone unit uh, once it drops in price. It's going to be something like that. I think it's going to have to be way cheaper. I don't yeah. think Nintendo will jump on it until you can buy, like, a headset for, like, 100 bucks And a good one. Yeah. It's actually effective. So... That's probably another three, four years away. If not more. Yeah. I mean, I think, honestly, mobile is going to be the, the big stepping stone for VR. I mean, it seems to be its cheapest. Mm-hmm. It's what people keep adopting. And look for that to be where Nintendo steps into it first, I think. That could be. Because they're already doing pretty well in mobile as it is. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Nintendo release a game for VR first. Mm-hmm. And 
on Gear VR, whatever for mobile, and then before they ever jump in with their own hardware. I'm getting killed here. Well, Mario's getting killed. So that's it. It's time for a word from our sponsor, ladies and gentlemen, extraturns.com. Your games deserve more. There's so many stores and sites that will charge you 10, maybe 15% or more for the privilege of selling a used game. They charge zero. Extraturns.com is a brand new marketplace being built from the ground up so you can sell your games, collectibles, electronics, and memorabilia. Not only will they beat their competitors' commission in every category, but they will also make exchanging your used games commission-free. You get 100% of the value of your collection. Sign up for the pre-launch and share the site on social media to be entered to win an SNES Classic this holiday season. And this holiday season is almost here. Yep. Once Mario is here, I feel like it is holiday season. Okay. <laughs> I've been waiting all year for this game and it's here, so I'm pretty freaking excited. This is Christmas for me. I got my Nintendo Christmas uh, when Zelda came out, basically. Yeah. Although Metroid, Sam, I really like Metroid Samus Returns. Yeah. So uh, Not so much because of how great the game is specifically, because it has a lot of problems, but just it's Metroid again. They made another Metroid game. Yeah. And it wasn't Federation Force. Yay. Even though it was just a remake of an old game. Yeah, pretty good damn remake. It is pretty good. Yeah, I've, I've been pretty hooked on it. So that's it for Game Face 107. Hope you guys like the rework of the show. Be sure to leave the feedback about the changes to the show, what you think. Uh, we're more than willing to take constructive criticism. So any feedback you have. Raise chair up. Yeah. Aren't our heads the same? No, you do need to raise it up a little bit. Yeah. Just a little. We're pretty close, though, actually. Yeah, if you sit up straight, we're the same, see? Yeah. I'm going to sit like that all day. <laughs> Three hours. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I hope you guys like the changes uh, to the show and everything. How'd you like that little crawl with all our patrons there at the end? Better than just some scrolly yeah. thing, like a lot of... I'm trying to get the TriCaster to do that for years. <laughs> yeah, we finally figured it out. Uh, so leave your feedback, let us know what you liked, what you didn't like, any changes you'd like to make, and we'll take them all to heart. We really appreciate it. A bunch of people um, want the table back. Oh, really? Yeah. Or a centerpiece. Interesting. Well, they want us to... They should, we should put a fern right here. Yeah. <laughs> between two men, the <laughs> fern show. The fern between two men. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so that's it. I think I may actually do like a, a little Patreon drive stream tomorrow of Mario. Um, so mm. if you're not already subscribed, make sure you subscribe to the channel so you'll get an alert if I decide to do it. Uh, we do have a couple more things to satisfy for our Patreon over the next few days before October is over. Uh, Beat Shane is still coming up and Ask Shane is still coming up. I actually already shot Ask Shane and the audio is garbage. <laughs> Oh, it's the worst. Dude, I got so many questions for Ask Shane, like 50. Um, so it's going to be something we're going to do probably more than once a month. We're going to do it more regularly. Uh, mm. But I recorded the first one right before I had to leave for the funeral, and the audio was just garbage. I opened it up yesterday, and it was, like, terrible. So anyway, both of those are coming before uh, November 1st, so look out for those. Everyone have a great, I, safe, oh, uh, and fun weekend. One more thing. If you are at LA Comic Con, I am on a bunch of panels this weekend there uh, with Film Threat and uh, Dysfunctional Skywalker Family, and um, uh, Problem Solving for Collectors, and Fans to Professionals, which is a panel about people who were fans of something and made it into a job. Uh, so if you happen to be at LA Comic Con uh, this weekend, I will be there if you want to come see those, any of those panels. There you go. Come and see Matt. Game Face is up and out. <laughs>